JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the dickens. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, here we are at the Indiana State Fair. We are actually right across from the free stage. And I'll tell you why we're right across from the free stage at the Indiana State Fair coming up a little bit later on. In fact, the weather out here, the sun is out. The weather is absolutely outstanding. So if you, on this Thursday, can bail from whatever you're doing a little bit early, this would be the time to do it. Find yourself a parking spot over here and then go to work. I had completely forgotten how much food. I just walked down through here and I'm thinking, yeah, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. I mean, a ton of food here. But again, if you're looking for us, and I want to see you, if you're looking for us, we are basically right in front of the Hoosier Lottery free stage here because I think... I get to bring on to that stage later on tonight, and I love this because yesterday was the 35th anniversary of the release of It Takes Two. And that song alone, title track from that album back in 1988, but that song alone will historically be always viewed as one of the best hip-hop songs of all time. That's pretty high ground right there. And Rob Bass is going to be performing that. Joy and Pain and other favorites. And I believe I get to bring him on stage coming up a little bit later on. So all I need is you out here. we got picnic tables. We've got places for you to hang out. If you want right here to be a part of this show, to hang out with me. But first things first, you got to motivate yourselves, jump in your ride, get a ride, do whatever you can do, and get out here and join us because this is going to be absolutely spectacular. It is at the Indiana State Fair. I was thinking about a little bit earlier today how long it has been since I've been out here myself doing a show, and it goes back to a different station. 
I've been out here, don't get me wrong, but I have not been out here doing a show since I was on a different station. And then prior to that, I don't think I'd been out here doing anything since I was a part of the Cowboy Bob show going way back. So you can imagine that was late 70s right there. It has been a long time. And for me to reunite with the State Fair and you should be a spectacular Thursday. So again, if you have the opportunity to bail a little bit early, all right, you and the fam, grab the kids, a grandma, grandpa, everybody, and bring them out here. And not only can we hang out, eat and drink and have a great time, but by the way, there is a beer garden out here next to the free stage, but we can eat and drink and have a good time. And then we can see one of the hip hop icons perform, Rob Bass, coming up a little bit later on this afternoon, early evening, again at the free stage. We are at the Indiana State Fair. Okay, I'll get back to that coming up in a minute, but we have news today, don't we? We have news in terms of Saturday. Of course, Buffalo is the site for the Colts' first preseason game. And you know, I was kind of thinking about Buffalo from a year ago in the preseason. And, and that was our first sign, wasn't it, that this Colts offensive line may have a struggle in hand for them. Because remember how much they got worked? They had basically their guys out there, too. And they got absolutely worked over in a preseason game. And I remember it. I remember it the next day we were all saying what is commonly known as if there is bad play, everything's going to be okay because it's a preseason game. Well, it was a preseason game. And what was funny about that, that ended up being the entirety of the year. That was basically the M.O. of that offensive line the entirety of the year. And I remember talking about the next day, you know, it's it's all right. It's just the preseason. It's a preseason game. You know, they'll get on track. Everything's going to be okay. And as it turned out, absolutely nothing with that group was okay. And it's funny because we should be talking more about that because this is the same group. And I know Chris Ballard recently has said he expects a lot more out of this group. And you'd have to first start out with the question and ask, why do you? Well, one, you have to because you have a buttload of money sunk in to that group. Position group-wise, I mean, you start from you know left guard all the way to right tackle. And you've got, hi there, how you guys doing? A lot of money sunk into that group. Uh, number two, you haven't done anything about it. You've done nothing about it, literally nothing about it. All right, you're thinking about what is going to be the one change, and it's going to be somebody we have seen, I'm assuming, coming up here at right guard, but that's going to be a guy like Will Fries. But it is going to be – what's that? You need a shout-out? Well, I better get some sirloin tips over here. I can't give shout-outs without sirloin tips getting across this table. Come on now. (laughs) I see it. The sirloin tips right down there. Right to my right, and we're watching via YouTube live right now. The sirloin tips are down there. You know what's weird? I don't see any sirloin tips right here, though. Where where, where are they? Are they here? I don't see them. All right, then. I got you. Hey, I appreciate you. Uh, Anyway, that's going to happen a lot, so just go ahead and get ready for it. I'm going to give a lot of love to a lot of people today. But back to the offensive line. You know, I mentioned – That Buffalo game, that was our introduction to really bad offensive line play. But we said it was just a preseason and how much money has sunk in and the fact that there is going to be barely a change to it. And what there is is a crossing of the fingers and a hope that everything's going to be fine. 
Everything's going to be fine. Just like we talked about after that preseason game a year ago. What's up, Sam? Everything is going to be just fine. Those are things that we'll be talking about. That would be the topic of opinion right there. The secondary. The secondary and the lack of experience, especially among the cornerback position, that is something else that we would be talking about. Alas, we are not because we're talking about a lot of other stuff. And I'll start with the big news of the day, and I'm glad to see this. I mean, really what it is is a first step. I mean, you're asking if it's meaningful toward getting a week one start, which me and a lot of you want from the rookie Anthony Richardson. A lot of us want to see that. Not all of us, too, because I've heard from those of you out there that say, that suggest that I'm wrong, that tell me that there's no way you're accurate. If this guy isn't ready, he's not ready, and go with somebody that's been out there before. That's the reason why you got Gardner Minshew. That's the reason why you brought him in. Now, we'll say this. At the very least, and nothing against Gardner Minshew, at the very least, right now, it appears that Colts fans aren't all about Gardner Minshew being this savior coming in and winning games. And that's the difference between, you know, being not a good team this season and being a better team and maybe, you know, even competing, being in contention within the AFC South. It seems like that a lot of the Colts fans, at the very least, they've dropped that. And you should. Now, granted, you look at Anthony Richardson, you look at Gardner Menchu, and if you read, if you watch, if you listen to what those out there are talking about, what has transpired with both out there, it seems like that they're pretty close. It seems like that they're pretty close in terms of effectiveness so far in talking about training camp. But what the Colts are doing right now is ultimately what everybody wants, ultimately what you do want to see. And that is the rookie out there getting as much experience as possible. Again, you're going to tell me it's the preseason. But again, I will tell you, last year during the preseason, we saw for that offensive line exactly what we witnessed throughout the course of the regular season. So you can you can find a lot to go on as far as the preseason is concerned, especially if you're talking about a quarterback that has 13 games under his belt collegially. There is still that big question mark and that big mystery. And, yeah, there is no doubt. People say, well, what if he gets injured? Anytime anybody goes out there, that is always a significant what if. And I know that we have been – knocked around with injury after injury here, which another one we'll get to coming up in a bit, or maybe an injury, so-called injury. But we've been knocked around by that for a number of years. I mean, really, you're punch drunk from it. I don't blame you being punch drunk from it. But at the same time, you still can't be afraid of it. You can't be afraid of it from getting experience to clearly a quarterback that's going to need it. I'm not suggesting you play the entire game, but the fact you get to start, you get to go out there with the ones, you get to see. And then Buffalo, Buffalo defensively, Buffalo defensively in the preseason the year ago, they, they played their ass off uh, because it, it kind of felt like that they knew what they had on the other side of that football was a team that wasn't ready, an offensive line that wasn't ready. And you could kind of tell that. 
And the other aspect of it is you just kind of get sick and tired of playing against one another, and then all of a sudden you get to go ahead and play against guys from another team. And it looked to be a little bit of preseason inspiration, if not fleeting, but certainly for a moment for the Bills a year ago. So this preseason game, even from experience from last year, is going to be different. I don't know if you can get the numbers. I don't. My, my man D. Wood probably can back at the station. But I think on a Saturday, the game kicks from Buffalo at 1 o'clock. But looking at it from a radio standpoint, looking at it from a television viewing standpoint, assuming 59 can go back and look, too, they're probably going to struggle a little bit because they don't have, at least locally, direct TV eyeballs on their product. Be that as it may, I'd be interested to see how this game, again, in early August in the preseason, in a season where the expectations aren't high at all, Really, it's in the complete other direction. But where these numbers of listenership, of viewership, will match up compared to numbers of the past. And I told you about this. I said before the start of camp that this would be the most interesting, the most anticipated, the most frequented camp that we have seen. Because there is that mystery. There is that question mark. And that is the quarterback you kind of want to get out there and you want to see with your own set of eyes exactly what's going on and i mean both the good and the bad i mean you want to see him drop a dime on somebody and then you want to see him when he throws it 10 yards over somebody's head both will happen and both will happen often you know anthony richardson when he met with the media earlier today said the one thing that he is looking for and and this is what i like to hear this does show a level of maturity, and you can take it for what it's worth. But when asked that question earlier today, he said, you know what? What I'm looking for is consistency. And you know what? That's what we're looking for, too. You're looking for consistency because those big moments are going to be there. He's just way too talented for those big moments not to be there. They will be there. But he has also, in the past, Combine that with inexperience, but has been inconsistent. So you're going to have a lot of those moments, too. And you want to see if you can tilt the cart, even with this lack of experience, to try to balance this out, or maybe more in favor of consistency. He can already throw that thing 100 yards, right? I mean, I know he can't throw it 100 yards. Maybe he can. I mean, he's already as athletically gifted at that position as we have seen. But there's also other stuff. Like, remember, it was I think it was C.J. Stroud, was it not, that said that right before the draft, after the combine, he described himself as a ball placement specialist. I like that because, again, I don't know if Anthony Richardson is ever going to be that, but to get on the path where you're more consistent in the delivery of the football is exactly what you're looking for. That's what you're looking for in any time that you see him on the field, whether it is during a practice at Grand Park in Westfield or whether it's on the field in Buffalo for preseason game number one. That is what you're looking for. That comes with the maturity. And I love the fact that he said, you know what, that's what I, I want to get out of this. I want to become more consistent. 
because he knows as well. I mean, the athleticism, all that. What's up, buddy? The athleticism, all that is right there. The consistency in this case is exactly what you're looking for. Now, you asked me this, too. All right, does it matter? that he's starting in preseason game number one? Is that a precursor to starting in week number one? I would assume that it is. And I would assume that it is because I think that – that's why I've kind of phrased it. I've put it together, pieced it together in this fashion in the past. I've said the only way that you want to see – check that. The only way that you would see Gardner Minshew, to me – are both bad, are both negative. And that comes with a Richardson injury or that comes with a level of inconsistency and or bad play in which you feel it necessary to replace your future hope-to-be quarterback star. Both of those are bad. Both of those are negative. And to me, those are the lone two reasons in this case why you would see Gardner Minshew. Nothing against Gardner Minshew. I love the fact that he's outgoing. Great interview. All right. As a backup, knows the system. No doubt about that. Teammate-wise, fantastic. But this is exactly what you should want to see. And this should also be a transition into week number one of the regular season. And you know what else? Deep down inside, that's what Shane Steichen wants to see. That's what Chris Ballard wants to see. And we already know that's exactly what Jim Ursay, the owner, wants to see. So that should be an absolute non-surprise from earlier today. Anthony Richardson is going to be your starter coming up on Saturday. The other stuff, too. And I saw this quote earlier today from Shane Steichen. This was regarding the questions that are going to be peppered at the Colts and their head coach specifically regarding Jonathan Taylor. Do you expect Jonathan Taylor back at Grand Park next week? Quote, he should be back, yeah, next week. Do you expect him to practice? Quote, I don't have an answer for that and a timetable on that. But really, looking forward to getting him back and getting him healthy and getting him back out there and playing with the guys. What he is really looking forward to is people around here never asking him about that again. That's what he's looking forward to. Because if there is something that he hates – and that's my assumption here, that he hates about your number one and his first preseason, his first training camp, is this situation. Because you can tell there has been nobody around that looks more uncomfortable in having to answer that question directed at him than Shane Steichen. And frankly, I don't blame him. And I know that we've gone over this time and time again, you know, whether or not that Shane Steichen really does short term even want to utilize Jonathan Taylor. Does he feel like he needs him? Does he feel like he doesn't? And I think I put enough information out there. Like everybody always says, if you look at it running back by committee a year ago, and I I just don't think that is completely accurate. Yes, they did have a couple of backup running backs. They had a quarterback that rushed for over 700 yards, but their featured guy went for 1,200-plus. You would love Jonathan Taylor. You would love the Colts situation if they have a running back this year that went over 1,200 yards. And I also would tell you that means that is good for this team, its offense, and its rookie quarterback. You would love to see anybody 
certainly Jonathan Taylor be able in a season to rush for 1,200-plus yards? That means a lot of things, doesn't it? It means a lot of things, but you have to have the guy to be able to do it. You know, one of the things about Philly this year, we're going to find out if that is really plug and play. We're going to find that out. You know, a lot of people talk about we're going to find out with that offense with Shane Steichen, now the head coach here, how that's going to go moving forward. But you're going to find out a little bit more. I mean, they did. They looked at you know, Miles Sanders as incredibly expendable. He ends up now in Carolina. They bring in a guy that has been, for injuries and otherwise, very disappointing in the start of his career in Detroit in DeAndre Swift. And they think that that's a plug-and-play situation. Then so be it. But last year, that was key for them. And that was key for them because, you know, they had an involving quarterback that they wanted to have multifaceted use of. They had that. Now, granted, it's a different situation altogether because you look at their weapons and then you look at the Colts. And, I mean, come on, you don't even come close to making a comparison for that. Wide receiver, tight end. Now, skill positions, they have all that covered right now. Offensive line, I think people tend to forget how good the Eagles' offensive line was a year ago. These are some of the things we should be talking about, but instead we're talking about Jonathan Taylor being out of camp and being off-site, rehabbing. And, and again, I have no info to go on with this, but it just kind of seems like more than anything that this is positioned for Jonathan Taylor from those that rep him, from somebody that he hired because he wanted to make sure he secured the cash that he hired in May. It just kind of seems like more of a, a page of a playbook, a ploy, a scheme than anything else. I mean, maybe we do find out that the ankle never did heal and it hasn't healed, which would be par for the course as a Colts fan because I, that's happened how many times? I mean, you're kind of used to that happening. But in this case, it's just weird. I mean, given all that has led up to it, you know, including the owner a month ago saying that he is healed and good to go, and then all of a sudden not, all of a sudden questioning, moving around, walking around, not even playing, not even practicing, but walking around up at Grand Park, not looking right, and then having to rehab. Then you had that back and forth, right? You had, well, it's a back situation. You know, that was Stephen Holder and, and Mike Chappell a couple of weeks ago getting that from the Colts. You know, it's a back situation. You know, it's a, a situation where you may have to end, end up invoking, you know, the you know, off-premises, non-football-related injury situation right there. And this just kind of seems like a counter to the counter to the counter. How are you? It's great to see you. Thanks for coming out here. That's what it seems like to me. But there is no doubt the most uncomfortable person in any room answering any of these Jonathan Taylor questions would be the Colts head coach. I mean, he may be built for a lot of things coaching up football on the field, but talking about this soap opera mess does not appear to be one of them. And frankly, I don't blame him. Uh, we shall see. But again, he said next week for Jonathan Taylor. Back on site, but not knowing about practicing. This seems like another step, doesn't it? Where you guys are right now with this, you guys think it is more of an injury that just hasn't healed right and is still not good for him? Or are you more, and I know what I sound like here. I know that I sound like some big conspiracy theorist. 
But as I said yesterday, there are very few things any longer being around stuff regarding the Colts over the years here that I would immediately go, oh, yeah, there's no way. There's no way that can happen. How many times have we said no way that can happen and then that ended up happening? Often. Absolutely often. All right, we can talk about that again. Anthony Richardson is your starter. Preseason game number one. That is coming up on Saturday, 10 a.m. 10 a.m., I'm going to get you with the pregame show. Me and former Colts wide receiver Bill Brooks and the Goreman, who I believe is going to be in Buffalo. We got you. 10 a.m. coming up on Saturday morning. That is the Colts pregame huddle. So I did reach out because I wanted to talk to arguably one of the best, right? Arguably one of the best relievers the Cubs have, Tucker Barnhart. I was going to get Tuck on. Uh, (laughs) Tucker says, I'm on the golf course in Toronto right now. (laughs) Yeah, This is something where I got to say, hey, you know what? Hold up just for a minute. We'll find out who he's on the golf course with from the Cubs. And then we'll interrupt his round of golf, I think. Uh, Shout out to Tucker Barnhart. Golf in Toronto on his Cubs off. See, I mean, come on now. On your off day, on an off day, you got to join this show. Uh, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, our friend Ian Eagle from CBS. He is going to be coming up next year. The official voice of the Final Four, of course, does nearly everything. NFL on CBS as well. We'll talk about a lot of this, and we'll see. James, do you know, did he get our, our care package that we sent from Heaven Hill Distillery through us of Larceny Bourbon? Has he received that yet, do you know? I do not know if he has received it. I do know it has been shipped. It has been shipped. Now, what what day did it go out? I gave it to the front desk person on, I believe it was last Friday, so I'm not exactly sure when they shipped it. So maybe it should be there right now. So do you think if it's been there for at least a couple of days, has he been able to tear through that? Because these are his last days of freedom as well, right? You think he's been able to tear through that? I would hope so. I would hope so. All right, we'll find out. Iron Eagle, CBS, TNT, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and more coming up here. Top of the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 is going to join us. That is in the 5 o'clock hour. I'm hoping. I'm not sure yet. But I am hoping that we get Rob Bass on here before he gets out there. They were doing a little sound check early on. They said, hey, uh, hey, man, we, we know that you love classic hip-hop. Can you call, come over here and do a little um, – a little joy and pain for us uh, as we do this sound check. So I went over there, a little joy and pain, sunshine and rain, got everything started. Now, this is going to be a great time out here. Again, the Free Stage, Indiana State Fair. It is going to be Rob Bass coming up later on tonight. I would love to see you out here. I see Ross. Oh, oh, my fam's over there, too. Look at him right there. He's got the JMV Takeover shirt on and everything. Love to see you at the Indiana State Fair. Again, we are at the free stage this afternoon. Ian Eagle, Mike Chappell, and you. What are you up to, Dana? Good to see you. I totally Is that the entire family right there? My boys, yeah. Dana and family right there. It's good to see you guys. I don't know if I've ever seen your family. I don't think you have. I don't think I, I would have brought mine, but they're in school right now. What's what are their names? Nolan, Eli, Davis. All right, Nolan, Eli, and Davis. Gotcha. Dana, good to see you. That is uh, Dana from the Indianapolis Star right there on an off day. 
with the fellas out here, her family. Good to see you. All right, quick break, and we shall return. Luke Bryan tickets will give away coming up a little bit later on, too. And we have a Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. I'll be there for the Dan Pat Stakes tomorrow. Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. We'll do that 50-50 in betting and dining, courtesy of Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino and Anderson. Go ahead. If you've seen me tweet this out, retweet that. James will get everybody locked and loaded in the running at the gate, and then the winner is going to get 50-50 in betting and dining, courtesy of Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino and Anderson, where we're going to be coming up tomorrow. All right, a lot more for you. We got some calls, 239-1070. If you guys want to join, you can. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, that is up and running right here at the Indiana State Fair. We've got the stream, the app, HD Radio. And on a Thursday at the State Fair next to the Hoosier Lottery Free Stage, this is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Indiana State Fair. I got to give a shout out here. Roman Gnome and Peck. If you guys remember, and it's still going right now, right, Peck? Pacers Digest. Who is that guy? that I fight with all the time. I think he's a, a dip blank, but uh, what's his name? Venezuela or what is what? Venezuela 81. Yeah. I'd like to – I think I could – I need to whip his ass. You know what? You think? I bet I could. Yeah. I fight with him all the time about Miles Turner. Yep. He loves Miles. He's a secret Miles lover. Oh, is he really? No, he doesn't. No, he's trying to trade Miles every five minutes. Peck and Roman Gnome from Pacers Digest in the house today. Great to see you guys. Thanks for coming out, man. Hang out for a while, too. Uh, we're at the Indiana State Fair, the free stage. Rob Bass, legendary Rob Bass. Seriously, it takes two. And this is a question I ask in one of the JMV Real Rules that I'm doing now this week. Little videos. I do three questions and one to grow on. The one to grow on is, would you consider It Takes Two? One of the greatest hip-hop songs of all time because, holy crap, I believe that to be the case. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It takes two. So you can check out the reel that I put up at JMV 1070. It's probably even on 107.5 The Fan, the Twitter account there as well. Check it out. You can answer those questions uh, and answer them all, really, not just necessarily the one to grow on right there. Again, you can find that at JMV 1070 or on The Fan's Twitter account as well. I mentioned tomorrow's show, we're going to be at the Dan Patch Stakes up at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. And our good friend Rick Venturi, who's going to be doing television duty on 59 coming up tomorrow. Well, I checked that Saturday with Greg Rakestraw for the first preseason game says, you know what, if I wasn't going to Buffalo, I'd be at the Dan Patch, and I will be at the Dan Patch coming up tomorrow. And I'm reminded by this in which Rick Venturi always says, and then certainly tells me, and this is regarding preseason, and it is really in in terms of what I described from that Buffalo game last year, remember the offensive line looking all whack, and then that kind of told the tale of the tape for the remainder of the season. That's what they were, and that's what we saw. Preseason results are meaningless. How you play is critical. Got to get Richardson ready versus top players. That is so right. I mean, Richardson and, you know, other members of this offense going against this defense, you got to see them against other 
teams and, you know, assuming this case, other teams' top flight players. You know, if not for a couple of plays, maybe a series, but you got to see it. And Rick is absolutely right. That is such a high level of importance to it. So, Rick, yeah, by the way, Rick's going to join us at one of our live shows. I just don't know when as of yet, right before the start of the season. And we will, as we normally do, go over absolutely everything. And that's going to be like a three-hour tour. So that sounds good to me. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, if you guys want to see what's going on behind me at the Indiana State Fair, you can certainly do that. Still to come, Ian Eagle of CBS, top of the hour. Mike Chappell's going to be here in the 5 o'clock hour. And I got my fingers crossed myself to see Rob Bays hopefully get a minute to come over here and talk with us. I would love that before his performance later on tonight at the free stage, the Hoosier Lottery free stage at the Indiana State Fair. Meantime, 239-1070 is the number. I believe James has David wound up and ready to go. David, you on the line? You good to go? Yes, sir. How you doing today? David, I'm at the State Fair. I'm fantastic. How about you? Good Good deal. Hey, I got um, something to say about Anthony Richards. We're probably going to see him break off a 50-yard touchdown on his feet. We're probably going to see him throw a couple TDs, and we're all going to go crazy, right, in Indianapolis? Everybody, even you, everybody's going to go crazy. But what's the real expectation for the season? What's these enters this season? Um, It's what he said today, and that's why I highlighted that, David, in the outset of the show. It's becoming a consistent quarterback, something that he hasn't been able to do. You know, whether you want to just talk about, you know, him being a work in progress or the lack of time and continuity. He's had the chance to be under center collegiately. And now what he's thrust into, it is a consistency Um, because you're not going to see. Like he's going to have a lot of flaws, all right? Yeah. And, and the top of that list, David, of flaws is going to be uh, the ball placement aspect of it is going to be all over the map. You might as well get ready for that. But you're right. <laughs> I mean, he's going to wow you with incredible plays, and then he's going to be a head scratcher when he throws it, you know, five yards to the other team or throws it ten yards over his wide receiver's head. I mean, you're going yeah, to have all it. those moments. That's what this season is going to be about. But it mm-hmm. is – maturing, leading this team from that position, and then growing with that level of consistency is what you hope to see. Hey, I thank you. Thank you. David, thank you for the call. Darnell's up next at 239-1070. Darnell, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, uh, John. Hey, uh, quick thing. Uh, this is more between the owner and the agent, and I don't know why we're so programmed to naturally vilify the players. Players, uh, JT just doesn't want to be Marlon Mack. My question is this. Why can't he just get another agent? I mean, I just know my coach family was fine. We invite this guy to dinner. He passed out his pamphlets, and now JT's ready to go. So thanks for taking my call, bro, and I appreciate your feedback. All right, I kind of missed that. James, what did he say? Did I miss a lot of that? <laughs> I was talking to someone else on the phone, so I have no idea. I'm sorry. I I may have missed a little bit of that. So this is what I gathered, that the Colts are being vilified nationally for the way that they're handling Jonathan Taylor. I will say this. This may have morphed into exactly the situation that we find this team in right now. However, you could still suggest very easily, if you're the owner – You started all this, needlessly started all of this, because, again, 
those that cover the team, and even the fans around here were educated enough about this situation to know what was coming. But then when you outwardly do that and tell everybody what they already know, and you can do it under the guise you know, well, I was talking about Dalvin Cook. Well, it doesn't matter because everybody here is going to interpret that as you swinging down on your player and telling your player this is how it's going to be right now. And then what you did is you had Colts fans lining up to take sides. And again, needlessly, because we were going to end up here at some point. Why? Because Jonathan Taylor wasn't going to get what he wanted out of this. From the outset, the Colts have said we want to see him play out the end of his contract, fair or unfair. We were going to be here anyway. But you go ahead and set the stage to be vilified, again, needlessly. And that started all of this. We would still probably be where Jonathan Taylor is right now. But then you had the back and forth. And then you had his agent firing that off. And then you had the Colts, you know, leaking that information about this is what may happen with a sore back and, you know, the off-premises, non-football related injury thing. And then you had Taylor firing back with, hey, you need to get new sources. There's nothing wrong with my back. You have the owner telling Pat McAfee that everything's okay. Taylor's healthy and you get him looking like he's limping around out there and now he's off-site rehabbing an injury where the linebacker's been back seemingly forever and playing now quick and fast as he used to I mean all this had a beginning and it had a very unnecessary beginning so that's where we are with that in mind all right, James, I don't know who else is on there. You may have to tell me in my ear or something because I don't have it in front of me right now. You probably had sent me something I didn't see it. But my man Manny at 239-1070 is up next. We're live at the State Fair, Manny. Where are you? Hey, how you doing, JMV? Good to hear from you, man. Are you going to come out here and see Rob Bass tonight? Man, unfortunately, man, I'm at work, man. I'm uh, waiting on the patient to come out of a doctor's appointment, man, so I won't be able to make it, man. But uh, uh, if you do talk to Rob Bates, man, just tell him we give our condolences, man, to DJ Easy Rock, man. No uh, doubt. I remember on the vi- I remember on the video, man, when he was doing the uh, he was doing the Dougie Fresh at the end of yep. the video, remember? Man, yeah. uh, so 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 give a shout out, man, to to uh, Rob Face for Manny, uh, and and uh, the question is, is that one of the most iconic songs, uh, rap songs? It sure enough is, my brother. That, that that's a party starter. You put that song on at any party, I guarantee everybody gonna get up and dance, man. No, I, I would agree. And you know what? What's interesting about that is, you know, I mentioned yesterday, It Takes Two was released 35 years ago yesterday. And yes, it sir. was released in the same week, or at least in the same three-day time span, as straight out of Compton. And yes, it was released in, in basically the same moments as Yo! MTV Raps started on MTV. And what I'm saying is, this was such a critical time when you had all these ears and now eyeballs on hip-hop. That's classic hip-hop. And you had everybody kind of choosing sides. There was a lot out there to offer. So to come away from that and be viewed as having one of the greatest songs all time in hip-hop, that is pretty large right there because that was an absolute battle back in 1988 with everybody in every facet of hip-hop then. 
Yes, sir. Don't forget, it also came out the same uh, around the same time as Digital Underground. The Humpty Hump, remember? Yeah. No wonder. Yeah. So then you yeah. had all yeah. these dance crazes going on, and then you had then you had that uh, it takes two. But uh, 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 other than that, man, I just want to say about this this whole coast thing, man. You know why I like listening to you, man? Because you make so much sense. And and, and 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 anybody to, to to ridicule what you say, I disagree with it because you tell it like it is, man. You tell it like it is. That's why I like listening to your show. Not only are you a friend of mine, but you tell it like it is, and I just had to tell you that, man. Manny, I, I appreciate that. that. Thank you very much. Manny, have a great evening. Great rest hey, of the week, too. Enjoy yourself out there at the fair, man. I'll try to catch you out sometime, man. You got it. This stuff not to enjoy out here with all the food and all the beverage happening out here. The Indiana State Fair, where you guys going to ferret up here? Are you guys going to see Rob Bass tonight? No, we're, we're going to go get some nachos. Oh, go get some nachos and come back. Report back to me. All right, good to see you guys. Uh, free stage, Rob Bass tonight. I would invite everybody to come out and join us here and then check that out this evening. All right, if you're on hold, I'll get to you coming up on the other side. Ian Eagle of CBS at the top of the hour. He's going to be doing NFL games again this year. We'll talk about the Colts situation. I'm sure a little bit of hoop mixed in as well. and We'll see. Maybe even at the top of the list, if Ian Eagle received that care package of Larceny bourbon from central Indiana that we had sent uh, nearly or over a week ago as it stands right now. Ian Eagle coming up top of the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell is going to be here in the 5 o'clock hour. The Indiana State Fair free stage with Rob Bass coming up later on tonight. Join us here. It's 93.5107 by The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich, a Dr. Pepper, make it fast. I'm in a damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, I got to give a shout out here at the State Fair. Derek has just brought me a huge pretzel. Now, what? Is this a corn dog? Dude. Come on, man. That's awesome right there. Corn dog and pretzel from Derek. Thank you very much, guys. They can watch me try to eat this online. Hey, no really weird pictures of me eating this corn dog online. You guys got it? Thank you, guys. I appreciate that, Derek. Thank you very much. That is awesome. My man, Derek. Derek Gwynn, I think. Is it Gwynn, the last name, by the way, too? I believe so. You can find him on Facebook. He is a swell dude right there. The pretzel and the corn dog at the Indiana State Fair. That's our location today next to the Hoosier Lottery free stage. We would love to see you out here. Get a moment. Check us out. Rob Bass coming up later on tonight, too. Ian Eagle of CBS Top of the Hour. Chapel's going to be here as well. We may end up interrupting the golf game. For one, Tucker Barnhart, Cubs relief pitcher, coming up here a little bit later on. He's off day in Toronto and uh, playing golf right now. We may interrupt that coming up a little bit later on as well. Meantime, 239-1070 is the number. Let's go to Tom next. James, hello, Tom. How are you? How you doing, brother? Great, Tom. Go ahead. So, uh, first, uh, I have a question after this, but first I wanted to defend you on the Cincinnati Reds thing because I've <laughs> been listening to you all summer, and from jump, you said we got to enjoy it now because it yes. may not last. Yeah, and this is exactly what I had in mind because not only has it not lasted, this is highly disappointing. And watching that last night, that was like the definition of what I was talking about last night because you can just feel it coming. Know what I mean, Tom? Exactly. Well, I'm not even a Reds fan, but I just wanted to defend you because you were pretty clear about that point. 
<laughs> yeah, anyway. it just you just knew, and that's why June was such a hell of a month, and it was really the best month for me watching the Reds. And I'd have to go all the way back to Wire to Wire, nineteen ninety. I enjoyed it that much, but you just knew that there was a life expectancy on that level of play with this group, and I, and even if if Nick Kroll would have done something at the trade deadline, I still think we were probably going to be for the most part exactly where we are right now watching this team as a Reds fan and uh, unfortunately sliding down the drain is exactly what's happening right now. Tom, anything else? Yeah, so the question I've got for you is in the uh, cold success category looking mm-hmm. at the joint practices and the preseason games what what are the things that you're looking for outside of the obviously the completion percentage on Richardson and that kind of stuff, but what are the other things that really are going to give you a good feeling about this, even if it's not a like a nine-game win season this year. Yeah, well, you mean individually and collectively team-wise here is what you're talking about, Tom? Y- yeah. yeah. So the yeah. battles or the – obviously we know the line's got to get better, but what else is – what else? Yeah, yeah, I know this is predicated, too, on obviously the quarterback play, but I want to see Alec Pierce make some strides from a year ago to year number two. I want him to become more of a go-to guy. And, and believe me, you know, every Everybody's always said he can make the tough catch. Well, this is going to be the season to, to, to show it because I think he's. it's not like that Anthony Richardson is going to hit that perfect window every time. So he's going to have to make some catches, you know, out of that catch radius, out of that window where he normally would, out of that comfort zone. So, yeah, I'm looking for that. Clearly, I'm looking for Shaquille Leonard. I want to see the Shaquille Leonard that we saw a couple of years ago. I mean, even when kind of hobbling through injuries, he was still making plays. And I want him to redefine what many have on the thought of linebacker, and especially a linebacker getting paid that much here because he was so valuable two years ago at turning the football over, which is going to be so big for this team because you consider they're probably going to turn the ball over a number of times themselves. So Shaquille Leonard, from that standpoint, I'm also interested in, and and maybe we haven't talked about this very much, but just cobbling together this secondary, you know, and and what we have seen it in the past compared to what we think it's going to be this year, those I think are three things that stand out just outside of quarterback, Jonathan Taylor, offensive line stuff that I'm really looking for, whether we're talking about the preseason right here or going into the early stages of the start of the regular season. Yeah, that was actually one of the things that I was listening to the guys this morning and we're really kind of talking about the lack of, of experience at the the cornerback uh, slot. Yeah. I thought to myself, that's got to be a well, I, pretty, think Jr. Jr. I think they had Daryl Baker Jr. I think they had Daryl Baker Jr. on this morning, Tom, too, who um, has been – people that, that watch every practice say he's been playing really well. Um, and you see if that's going to be able to translate because that's certainly a, a position of need for this team and, and to see if they have anything whatsoever that's going to be able to hold up against you know, some of those you know, better wide receivers of the NFL. Tom, anything else? Uh, nothing on, except just to say I really appreciate what you do and, and keep doing it, brother. And eat some state fair food. Oh, man. I got some right here thanks to Derek. Tom, thank you for the call. Enjoy the rest of your day. Derek brought a corn dog. You're not allowed to take still shots of me eating a corn dog live here, okay? You're not allowed to do that. But thank you, Derek, for the corn dog and for the pretzel as well. I think Aaron's next at 239-1070. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, John. How you doing, man? Uh, Wait a minute. 
I've had some stories. I've heard some stories that maybe you weren't feeling great, man. I'll start right there. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. Are you okay? Hey, I thought I was gone about three weeks ago. I just got out the hospital, man, after three weeks. I said, how? I lost so much blood, man. I'm from bleeding ulcer. And well. I had a, a respiratory failure. It was, it was, it's been a trip. I'm still not out the woods, but I'm doing a whole lot better. You know, uh, I'm on the road to recovery. Well, we are uh, glad to hear that. Glad to hear I that, Aaron. That, man. That's, that's, that's the, the most important thing. A shout-out to Aaron right there. And, and continue getting better. And we're going to gauge that by you calling in and being part of the show, okay? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah got a, I'm in the middle of uh, right now, 40th high school class reunion. You got Aaron, thank hey, you very I'm, much. Continue to I get better. Wanna, and let me call, say something about I wanna say something about Jonathan Taylor. Go you gotta go Real really quick. quick here though. Okay. Jonathan Taylor, man, is I can understand his frustration when you hear any and everybody talking about how his position has been devalued. What's gonna happen when you get or anybody else back there and they miss a block onto your fifty million dollar a year quarterback. He is he's not expendable. I'm thinking no, he, 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 this is the he, same owner that sold millions of dollars to no good quarterback and yeah. now you don't want to pay somebody that was a well one of the leaders in the league. I, I, I got to hit a break here and feel better. I, I did want to answer that question. This is the one thing I didn't understand yesterday. I know Kareem Hunt came to town. Uh, they looked at him, evidently gave him an offer um, somewhere in nearly a mill, I think, is, is what I had heard. Uh, apparently gave him an offer, then he bailed out without signing anything. And, Aaron, thanks for the call. Is That's what I didn't understand about all of this is. So that's who you would be intent on replacing Jonathan Taylor with. I'm sorry, that didn't make any sense for me. And I'm glad they didn't reach an agreement. And I'm glad he is off to someplace else. Maybe it's going to be New Orleans or wherever. But I'm glad that that didn't happen. And really the overture alone, I mean, even given the circumstances of need at running back where you are right now, yeah, to me, doing that just didn't make any sense whatsoever, as we talked about yesterday. The Indiana State Fair Free Stage. Who's your lottery free stage and Rob Bates coming up later on tonight? Join us while we're here. Great food and fun at the Indiana State Fair. And from CBS, Iron Eagles are to join us coming up on the other side. 93.5-107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. It's quite pungent. It stings the nostrils. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Free stage. Welcome back to the Hoosier Lottery Free Stage with the legendary Rob Bass coming up later on tonight. In fact, yesterday, yesterday was the 35th anniversary 
of the release of It Takes Two, an iconic hip-hop album from the late 1980s. Rob Bass is going to be here at the Free Stage Indiana State Fair coming up later on this evening. So get here with, uh, say, tomorrow the Dan Patch, Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. We're in Anderson coming up tomorrow. Would love to see you up there. We're going to have some fun up there tomorrow, too. Um, and I also want to remind you of this. Our golf outing is coming up later on in the month, too. Get signed up. That's 107.5thefan.com. Back nine for our golf outing. and It is going to be an absolute blast. 107.5thefan.com. You can sign up for that and make sure you're a part of that today. Anthony Richardson is going to be your preseason game one starter on Saturday in Buffalo. And Jonathan Taylor should be back next week. But nobody knows if he's going to practice. And I would tend to go on the side of will not practice. We shall see. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline, friend of the show from CBS. He's going to be the voice of the Final Four. He is the voice of NFL on CBS, NBA on TNT. He is Ian Eagle who joins us now. Hello, Ian. How are things going? Hey, JMV, as you know, it takes two to make things go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. I want to rock right now. I'm Rob Bass, and I came to get down. Exactly. Exactly. Are you internationally known? I think you are. I'm known throughout the microphone. I can tell you that. So, yeah, at least, well, actually, known throughout the microphone here. That's about it, I think, right there. Hey, did you get our care package of Larceny Bourbon? Oh, not yet. Not yet. Have, You've got me on pins and needles unless the, a no, neighbor it's, stole it. Hey, James, when did you send that? I believe I sent it out. It was Thursday or Friday of last week, I believe. So we're about a week out. Mm, all right. I'll stay on the lookout. <laughs> or maybe I'm just saying I didn't get it, so I get a second package. This is all part of my devious plan. We made sure. I, I thought this was a, a, a really smart ploy. We wrote on the outside of the box, there's nothing to see here, no alcohol or anything in this box, so no reason to steal it. Yeah, I mean, there, there are no lushes in New Jersey, so that, that would never happen. Well, hey, watch out, because it's coming at you, and then we right, want to hear good. exactly what you think about that taster, because I know, I mean, your time your time spent away from sports no. and doing play-by-play is counting down right now. Yeah, it's dwindling. It's dwindling. I'm on a plane tomorrow going to Charlotte, North Carolina, for the Jets and the Panthers, and then away we go, back into the thick of things. So, great time of year, really excited, and I know you guys are feeling the same way, although... Here's the one thing, JMV, we're going to get into the Colts. Usually, training camp and preseason in the NFL, you try to avoid drama. It's all about optimism. It's all about getting your season ticket holder base and fans excited, get them tantalized about the season. And when you have something like the Jonathan Taylor situation pop up, it throws some cold water on whatever heat you're trying to emit here in the preseason. So this is a little bit of a challenge, and obviously the Colts are going to change the narrative. If Anthony Richardson comes out looking sharp, then that's going to be the storyline. But this was a big speed bump to deal with early. 
Yeah, it's uh, Ian Eagle of CBS with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. It was, too. And, you know, it's funny, I being around here as long as I have, that, that was the, the most highly anticipated camp start because yep. of the, the mystery, the question mark that is Anthony Richardson that we have ever seen. And, you know, people say, well, what about Andrew Luck? Well, Andrew Luck was, in most eyes, can't miss, just like Peyton Manning was. But this yep. was, I got I to gotta see this for myself. And it was the most interesting part. And people thought you're getting away from what the soap opera and the circus was a year ago. And then, you know, unfortunately, as of almost two weeks ago to the day, you jump right back into that Days of Our Lives mold again yeah. and that's that's where you are with Jonathan Taylor it's it's unfortunate and you're right it overshadows absolutely everything yeah and and look it's a reminder that you could have NFL insiders you could have people very close to the team but there's always going to be something happening that we're not completely privy to so the conversations that were taking place the posturing that was uh, happening between Jonathan Taylor's people and the owner, Jim Ursay and his negotiators, Chris Ballard, that clearly was something brewing, but it didn't necessarily hit the public side of things at this level. Of course, we recognize at some point they're going to have to address it. But the way things evolved in the running back position and the finances this offseason it set the table, and now, as you look back on it, it actually isn't that shocking that they're at a bit of an impasse and, and there seems to be some some legitimate division. Can it be repaired? Yeah, money repairs everything. If they come to terms on the financial figures, all will be forgotten. But for right now, it, it seems like this is a, a deep hole and some damage has been done to the relationship. Yeah, it's funny. I, and I, I was at a point to where at the beginning of all this that ultimately Taylor would have to play to get paid because yep. that's the leverage that the Colts had. And then you kind of wondered why they kind of you know stuck their flag in the sand of um, the whole off-premises, non-football-related injury story yep. that was reported by you know a couple of people that cover the Colts here. And then now I just wonder, and it's all been about rehabbing off-site the past 48 hours or so and wondering if he's back from that surgery he had back in January of which EJ Speed, linebacker of the Colts, has been back for a long time performing at a high level. You just wonder if this is a ploy from his representation just to make sure that while he doesn't play, he still gets paid. And that's what I've wondered the past 48 hours. Yeah, and agents are there to protect their clients. Uh, Teams view it through a different prism because they have to. They're managing an entire roster, and they're trying to extrapolate over time what kind of money they're going to have to pay out and how they're going to divvy up those funds moving forward. I get it. I get it from both sides. Uh, I think Taylor, when healthy, is exceptional, as we know. He's proven that. And the Colts are trying to figure out what the finances are going to look like and the way things have have changed in the NFL at running back, uh, it's not a position, at least currently, that you pay high market prices at. And that's just how it works sometimes in professional sports. Uh, It's borderline, as we know, owners potentially coming together on a collusion level, but it's not something you could prove. This is just how the market has gone, and it may turn again. It probably will at some point. But currently, the timing for Jonathan Taylor and his representatives is not the best. 
to Ian Eagle of CBS. And again, he's got that game call, the Jets in Carolina preseason game one coming up this weekend. He's with us again via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And again, it does overshadow everything, including, you know, preparing for that first start coming up in Buffalo on Saturday with, with Anthony Richardson. How much have you been privy to the hype around him? Um, your thoughts on the inexperience while at Florida, but going ahead yeah. and kind of just putting him into a situation which certainly would make him very uncomfortable. I, and he said something earlier today that I'll take with me, and I thought it was very mature. When asked, you know, what he wanted to see from himself in this first game, this preseason game, he says, I want to develop consistency. And that's yeah. it, because we know that he can throw at 100 yards, and he's as athletic as any quarterback we have ever seen coming out of college. But the consistency yeah. of delivering the football is what you want to see him improve upon, and that's going to start even in a very small scope on Saturday. Yeah, JMV, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly frank with you. The way things are set up for me doing the NFL, I'm often doing two games a week, Thursday night on radio, yep. Sunday afternoon on television. I am completely engaged and ensconced in the NFL preparation process. If a college football game happens to be on while I'm doing some final notes on a Saturday night, yeah, I might pop it on, watch a few minutes. But for the most part, I'm locked in on the NFL. So when the draft comes around and people want to know, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> I, I honestly do not know. And once they get to the league, I then commit myself to knowing everything that I need to know about them once I'm assigned their game. So this is a roundabout way of saying I've watched the highlight tape. It's impressive. You could not watch that and not be impressed. Anthony Richardson has so much raw ability, and you can see why the Colts feel like he could be the future of the franchise. But as we know in this league, maybe more than any other league of the four major leagues, you have to prove it on Sundays. You cannot fake this ever, and especially at the quarterback position. Uh, we've seen guys that have had raw ability that get there and can't do it. We've seen guys that were unheralded that emerge because they've committed themselves and they just have the right stuff. We don't know yet with Anthony Richardson. Obviously, the Colts are gambling that they picked the right guy and that when we look at this 10 years from now and the smoke clears, they're going to look like geniuses. But you have to actually do it on the field before anybody can start making that determination that they made the right pick. It's uh, Ian Eagle with us. Obviously, the call for the Jets game. And what's funny about this entire thing is around here, we want the relaxation of not being a part of a circus or being a part of a soap opera. <laughs> right. And Ian, right. honestly, I, th I think a lot of people felt that maybe the Jets could have some, you know, of those those undertones, if you will, a little bit of a, a circus. And, you know, the, the first year um, with their, mm -hmm. their quarterback situation now and Aaron Rodgers the way that it is. But it seems like even with hard knocks in the building. Everything's been all quiet on that front and it's almost like it's business as usual. Yeah, you know what I think is interesting? I think there's often with the Jets a push and pull of coaching staff Robert Sala in particular just wants to go about his business, wants to do the job that he's been asked to do and win games and then maybe others within the team structure ownership could be in play here. They want relevance. They want people talking about them. They want buzz. And in trying to, to carve out a little piece of the pie in New York sports, entertainment, and just the life here in New York, 
tri-state area, it's hard. It's hard to get noticed. It's hard to get uh, that kind of of flame going. And the Jets did that with their blockbuster move with Green Bay, and that's where the push and pull begins. You can't now push back those that want to know more, and the interest level is higher than ever before. You can't have it both ways. So I think Salah came around, and he's a smart guy. He's a legit good guy, very likable. That comes across in the first episode of Hard Knocks. Uh, Guys will play hard for him. And the Aaron Rodgers part of it, uh, there's no avoiding it, JMV. Uh, He he is a lightning rod, and he is the guy that they think can put them over the top. Very similar to what the Buccaneers thought with Tom Brady. Very similar to what the Rams thought with Matthew Stafford. They believed that they were a quarterback away from being a legitimate contender in the NFL, and now you got to go out and, and show it. They have the sixth toughest schedule in the NFL. Their first six games are brutal. The back half of their schedule on paper is lighter, and they're going to be under the microscope every single week because they've got Aaron Rodgers under center. So Ian Eagle with us. Um, what's been your impression? I mean, it's, it's so far, and really, you mentioned it's hard to get a spotlight in New York because there's so much going on. But has that taken over, at least momentarily, the spotlight there with all that going on, with Aaron Rodgers being there with the started training camp of the Jets in and around New York City? It has. It has, and maybe that's a byproduct of the Mets being out of it early, the Yankees fading fast. So what normally is a boys of summer conversation is no longer a a big part of the daily sports rhetoric. And the fact that New York loves stars, there's there's no two ways about it. When Brett Favre got here, uh, there was a seismic reaction locally to a guy that's going to be in the Hall of Fame and maybe the guy that can get the Jets back to the Super Bowl. It didn't happen. They struggled to get to the finish line, and it was one and done. With Aaron Rodgers, he has made public comments that he's in it for the long haul. This is not a one-year rental where he's just going to try it out and see how it goes. He believes that he's got a chance to win the whole enchilada in a Jets uniform. So you can imagine how that's galvanized the fan base. And, yes, the New York media has followed. There is a very high curiosity factor with this squad. And meanwhile, JMV, the Giants have gone completely under the radar here in the summer leading into the preseason regular season where they were one of the biggest surprises in the NFL a year ago. Yeah, and it almost seems like that they're built – for that being under the radar type yes. of thing. And, and, you know, I agree. they're running back, and it was a different situation. The Jonathan Taylor still has a year remaining, and, you know, Saquon Barkley needed to get a new deal. Yep. But it, it, all of that soap opera, even if it was a friend soap opera situation, ended when he decided to go ahead and get his. And, you know, Steve Miller once said, take the money and run, which is exactly yep. what he did. And, and really what you have to do if you're playing that position and you're viewed as that type of running back, if you're not Christian McCaffrey or Alvin, and Kamara, who you're widely utilized on third down, you know, as that out-of-the-backfield receiving threat. Yep. These guys that carry the ball as bell cows are going to get hosed in this entire process. And he took his and went. And with that, that circusy soap opera effect went away. You nailed it. Uh, that That is the exact perspective right now in the running back position. As I'm doing preparation for this Jets-Carolina game, yeah, I'm working on some Panther stuff because you want to be up-to-date on – 
on the other team, even though it's a Jets-centric broadcast, it's a local broadcast, but Miles Sanders is coming off a Pro Bowl season, by far the best year of his career. He put it all together last year. He signed a four-year, $25.5 million deal with the Carolina Panthers. That money was too rich for the Eagles, who said, no, 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 we're good, we'll be fine. And for Miles Sanders, you're looking at you know, somewhere in the vicinity of uh, six, $6.2 million per year. That's what he got on the open yeah. market. Now, is Jonathan Taylor a more talented back? Yes, he probably is. Um, is Saquon Barkley a more talented? Yes, he probably is. But these are the numbers that we're talking about. Miles Sanders is an accomplished enough back that thought he was going to get big, big money. And this is what he got. Very good, excellent, but not what some of the guys are trying to, to get on, on the free market right now. And I have actually... I've made, I've been of the opinion and made the comparison with Miles Sanders a year ago. Goes over 1,200 yards, and that yeah. was necessary. And and again, everybody wants to put Philadelphia in the category of running it by committee, which they did. They had a couple of backup running backs, had a couple hundred apiece, but their quarterback had 700 yards rushing. Plus, Correct. there's nobody in the NFL that's got a better offensive line than what Philadelphia had. And then you got your outside threats, you got the inside threats at tight end. I mean, they really did have it all, but it was also important to get that 1,200 yards rushing out of Miles Sanders. And I'm assuming because of the rookie quarterback in Carolina, they view that as important with Frank Wright there as well. That's why I think this is so it's so mind-blowing that there's not more of an importance making sure Jonathan Taylor is a part of this because I just think this situation for him, Ian, and Indy with this rookie quarterback is different than a lot of the situations on that running back NFL landscape. I think he is more necessary here as he would be and other running backs are in other places around the NFL and the fact that he's clearly on the outside looking in right now contractually um, and they're not nearly on the same page I think that all that does is kind of put your rookie quarterback at an opportunity to be really far behind without that level of production that you think you're going to get had Jonathan Taylor been healthy happy and good to go Yep, completely accurate statement. I'm sure part of the mission statement that Jonathan Taylor and his reps have discussed that they have leveraged. The issue, as we know, is you gotta you gotta be in position to get paid, either playing or officially injured and still getting paid. You're not gonna pull a Le'Veon Bell situation, which he never recovered from, by the way. Financially, never recovered. Right. Physically was never the same. I'm not saying that's the only example that you can use, but it's the most recent one that comes to mind. He had a good thing in Pittsburgh. He and his representatives didn't believe that the Steelers were going to pay him fair market value. He sits out a season, eventually gets uh, a job with the New York Jets, was never the same. I remember being in production meetings with him. Le'Veon was a really likable dude, happy-go-lucky and things changed. He couldn't do the things that he did in Pittsburgh. And even the blocking scheme was just different. It all fit. It was the perfect fit. And uh, again, everyone's got to do what they need to do individually. Jonathan Taylor's got to do what he needs to do. The Colts have to make decisions based on what they think is best for the team. But it would be in Jonathan Taylor's best interest to play this year and show that he is one of the best running backs still in the NFL and can stay healthy. And then 
that's when the market can shift. When there's an owner or a GM out there that says, you know what, we need this guy. Whatever it takes. We need. This is what happens in the league. We go through lulls at certain positions where they're not getting paid at the, the same value that we thought they would. But one guy can change the entire market. Yeah, yeah no question about that. I, I just think here, I think the Colts, uh, again, I know this part. They had, you know, every intention of regardless having him play out this year yep. and then prove it and then pay him. And, and you can kind of just tell Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he went from, okay, I'm okay with that, changing agents, and now he's not okay with it. And then Ian, the other bad part about this is when, when you get in a public back and forth, especially in social media, for example, and your owner's a part of it, I will yep. maintain this. Had Jim Mersey just kept quiet on it, then you wouldn't have people around here choosing sides because we ultimately are where we were going to be with this anyway. But unfortunately, I think Jim kind of expedited the process and you know with that comment that he made to kind of start this off it challenged Colts fans to pick sides when it wasn't really necessary completely fan the flames and took it to the next level very quickly agreed Rob Bass is uh doing a sound check right now <laughs> I thought that was an angry Colts fan I didn't even realize <laughs> have, you, have you ever been a part of an interview and Rob Bass was doing a sound check in the background <laughs> uh, only once and it was Houdini so it's weird but it happened to me a second time let me tell you this. They were warming up a little bit earlier, and uh, he was—he he broke into a little freak's come out at night with that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you growing up, uh, obviously in the area in which you did on the East Coast, were you growing up a big hip-hop fan at the early stages? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was going to Run DMC concerts, Beastie mm. Boy concerts, Houdini concerts. You go on and on. I've seen Rob Bass in person. So, yeah, you're you're – preacher to the choir right now i um my first one and i'm very proud of this back and you probably remember this as well i was 17 in 1987 and they called them fresh fest back then yeah and it was a fresh fest that had ll cool j very young ll cool i think he was like only 19 at the time uh houdini eric being rakim and rakim is my all-time favorite right there and um a a very not 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 big time yet public enemy they kind of back then changed the game when they first came out that was at market square arena here in indianapolis i was 17 years old and it was absolutely amazing and that's that's my first right around right around the same age i would throw the fat boys in there as well i saw them uh when i was growing up born a year before you all of this was very seminal it was and you know i'm from Queens, so run dmc ll cool j all of those guys grew up about 15 minutes from where i grew up so you Mm. felt a deep connection to these guys in in some manner and it was so cool to see them rise up from a international point of view that people now knew who they were we thought it was just us in our little enclave in new york city and then they became international superstars it was wild you know Ian, it is so 
to me comparable to Seattle in the early 90s with, yep. you know, what they called the grunge sound. It was just a Pacific Northwest Seattle thing, and then it just expanded nationwide and went global exactly with what you're talking about where you grew up there on the East Coast with hip-hop. It did the same thing, and, and it, it's going to be awesome for that to be local for you, and then all of a sudden that thing go national and then global in the fashion in which it did. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure you're right. If you talk to people who grew up in a similar time frame, maybe a little younger than us, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, mm-hmm. that whole genre that blew up. And for me, I remember when the movie uh, Breaking came out, Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> and these guys were featured. Run DMC was in a scene, and uh, LL Cool J. I was like, oh, my God, they're on the big They have made it to the movies only... Uh, to to see them go 10 times bigger over the next 5 to 7 to 10 years. It's it's why I had it's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, which I'm sure you know. Who exactly came up with the date, I don't know, but uh, that's that's pretty wild to think that uh, it's been around for that long. And I, I, I kind of, I guess my learning experience, because where I grew up, it's in, you know, southwestern Indiana, and there's there not a lot of hip-hop stuff going on in the 1980s when I'm growing up. But then, you know, I get to see Crush Groove. And I yep. get to see a lot of those acts, those artists that you were just talking about. I get to see them on the big screen, and it had such a profound and then lasting effect on me. Kind of took me, musically speaking, with what I enjoy out of that where I am right now. And you know, a lot of that was due to Crush Groove. Yeah, we share that, man. Well, that's that's forever. It is. All right, going to Carolina. Right, bud. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks, man. You're going to Rob Bass, so we're both we're both working out here. <laughs> All right, well, look into me. I'll watch out for the uh, Larceny Bourbon, which is coming your way, and let us know when you get it and enjoy right, that. Right. It's the least we can do. But we love checking in with you, love having you on the show. Have a great call with the Jets in Carolina in that preseason game number one. And we can't wait, hopefully, one of these days to see you here in Indy, hopefully see you here in Indy as a part of your NFL on CBS schedule at some point. But we'll stay in touch, Ian. Thank you, as always. Yeah, appreciate you, JMV. Feelings are mutual man have a great week iron eagle right there on the andy moore automotive group hotline he is an awesome dude absolutely awesome but no seriously and hey what's up man I'm, rob bates is doing a sound check in the background here we're at the indiana state fair and that legitimately was the way that i was introduced to hip-hop was Crush Groove. And at the time, I mean, you were either watching Crush Groove or Beat Street. But I was introduced to that by watching Crush Groove. And I mentioned that to Ian. And see, that's so cool. Ian, I grew up, you know, in the general vicinity of where hip-hop was on the East Coast created. And that was local for him. But for us, man, it was hard as hell to find that. And Crush Groove gave you that, that outlet, gave you that outlet of interest to get to where we are right now. Rob Bass is on the free stage, the Hoosier Lottery free stage at the Indiana State Fair coming up later on tonight. Get out here and enjoy that. We would love to see you at the Indiana State Fair on a Thursday with Mike Chappell coming up at the top of the hour. Your chance to win Luke Bryan tickets and the Harris Hoosier Park race of the day coming up as well. Listen to win, 93.5, 107.5, the fan.
The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, sir. There's been a little problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, I hope you enjoyed as much as I do. I love having Iron Eagle on here. Of CBS. Yeah, he's got the Jets and Carolina. In a preseason game down in Charlotte coming up this weekend. Shout out to Tapper's Arcade right there. Um, But, no, he's always good on a variety of fronts on this show. Thank you, Ian. Podcast 107.5, thefan.com. Coming at you with your chance to win Luke Bryan tickets a little bit later on. And our Harris Hoosier Park race of the day, if you need it to, and you do. Uh, You can check it out at JMV 1070. Go ahead and retweet that. And James is going to put together a list of those with their horses. And the winner gets 50-50 in betting and dining. From Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino, that is in Anderson, where I'm going to be coming up tomorrow for the legendary Dan Patch Stakes. That is tomorrow. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino, that is coming up in Anderson. So we got that coming up for you a little bit later on as well. And Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59 will be with us. The Hoosier Lottery Free Stage at the Indiana State Fair, that's our location. The legendary Rob Bass. I mentioned this, and I love the fact that Iron Eagle is from New York City to where Iron Eagle could talk, and I mean intelligently, about the development of East Coast hip-hop at about this same time as Rob Bass, if you can remember, broke through with It Takes Two uh, with the song and the album of the same name. And that's one of the questions I have. So I'm doing these reels every day, and then Nick in digital is putting them up on the Twitter account of 107.5 The Fan and mine, where I ask you three questions and one to grow on. And, of course, I ask you about Anthony Richardson being named the starter preseason game one Saturday in Buffalo, 10 a.m. That is the Colts pregame huddle with me, Bill Brooks, and the Goreman, 10 a.m. Coming up on Saturday morning here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And I've got that and then you got the post-game show, and I think that's with Casey Vallier coming up on Saturday, too, because Greg's going to be doing the television broadcast with Rick and Lara. But what we're going to do is you know, get you set with those questions that I'm asking you on my reel. That about Anthony Richardson, you know, the situation, the latest off-site with that of Jonathan Taylor, and whether or not it takes two Hip-hop royalty, to me, is one of the greatest hip-hop songs of all time. That's a JMV reel. Reels rule. And you can find that at JMV 1070. Meantime, 239-1070 is that number. I'm going to stand up. If you're watching on YouTube Live, I'm going to stand up, and you guys get a close-up of my crotch right there. How about that? I can't help it. i got to stand up and stretch sometimes. And look, it just so happens that that's, that's where it is. Guys, see. Steve's up next at 239-1070. Steve, welcome to JMV's Crotch on YouTube Live right now. How are you? Well, I was better before that. I like the sports stuff, but the pop culture was interesting, and, and I and especially, you know, I remember being in the 1980s, and I was a big fan of country music and kind of traditional 80s rock and roll music, and I went out to Washington, D.C. as a student, and I saw these guys doing this thing they called breakdancing right. to what they called the urban sound. 
And, you know, that really became what you're talking about now with hip-hop and rap. And it was completely different. I didn't know how to wrap my head around it because it was so different than what I had grown up with in central Indiana. Yeah, it was funny. I mentioned the Fresh Fest in 1987 that I attended at the uh, former Market Square Arena. I can remember, and this had to be 1986, it was the Indy 500 in which Bobby Rahal ended up winning, but it was later because there was rain on race day. But we're sitting over in the infield, my high school friends and I, in just like uh, really two feet of mud in our lawn chairs, and we have our boom box, and we're playing Curtis Blow over there you know if you know if i ruled the world and you know certainly known for his uh his basketball song as well and, and that was another one of the introductory musicians if you will to hip-hop for me was was curtis blow so yeah 86 it was really tough where i grew up to get it i mean you had to go find it i bring up stories all the time you know i found out about the violent femmes in 1983 because friends of mine went to the dick Baumgartner shooting camp over at earlham college in richmond and some kids from chicago that were also there had a bootleg tape of violent femmes and gave it to them that's how i learned about we had to learn about things almost accidentally then it's so much easier to get a hold of that stuff now than it was back when we were growing up. Hard to know back then how big it would become. There's no doubt about it. And, I, you know, I, I think about Crush Groove. That's the first time I saw the Beastie Boys with She's On It in Crush Groove, and it was so different. Thank you, Steve, for the call. So different than what we had ever seen. And it just it made it even more cool. I mean, it really did. Uh, Adam's next at 239-1070. Hello, Adam. How are you? Hey, how you doing, John? Fantastic. Adam, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I told you like last week about the sports arousal. I used your word. Uh, I'm wearing Colts gear today at work. I'm going to be wearing Colts gear tomorrow. And I'll, of course, be rocking a jersey on Saturday to root for the preseason. Even though we know it's preseason, they need to bring the juice. You know, and I think we should go back to build the monster since we're kind of regrouping. Instead of bring the juice, it should either be bring the noise when Pat McAfee was around or build the monster. Let me tell you this, my friend. Rick Venturi says this all the time, and he gave this to me at the start of the show via text when I was talking about you know, the comparison between how things started in the preseason a year ago. That was with the offensive line. Played down, if you remember, a year ago. And basically, that's how they play the entirety of the year. So preseason game one was a telltale sign of how bad they were going to be. And he mentioned mm-hmm. this. He said, you know what? These preseason games are meaningless, but to perform – it is critical, and he is right about that. The final score is meaningless. Nobody cares. But the performance and the way that you get started with that is absolutely critical, and you could not say that any more correctly. Correct. And I'm just – I'm hoping as a – I'm a season ticket holder. I'm hoping we, we turn things around. I mean, yeah, it might take a little bit, but, you know, like I said the other day, we got to have faith. they got to bring something to the table. I mean, we have weapons. Let's let's get let's get it going. Hey, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate that very much. I mean, it is too, and I can't wait to see the numbers again. They're going to be skewed because right now Fox 59 is not on Directv. If you get 59, because it's a next star station, so that's going to be skewed to not as good as it might be. But I would happen to think that these numbers, because of the anticipation or radio numbers, for example, on Saturday for a preseason game where Anthony Richardson is going to start and there is just such a mystery there. I think this is probably much like we saw with camp itself. 
the most interested this fan base has been about a preseason game. And, and again, there was another benchmark, if you can remember, and it was brought to my attention, what was it, five years ago when Andrew Luck came back from injury and took that first hit on the road in Seattle? I think it was Bobby Wagner who gave him that first hit in Seattle. Like, that was a benchmark for the preseason I can remember. You wanted to see Andrew Luck take that hit coming back from injury. But I think this is even more so this year with, again, that mystery that is Anthony Richardson right now. Who will start? Name the starter in Buffalo on Saturday by Shane Steichen earlier today at Colts Camp up in Westfield. 239-1070, and Eric joins us as we're live at the State Fair. Eric, hello. Hey, JMV. Uh, I, I've been, uh, you know, just like everybody else with uh, this uh, Jonathan Taylor thing. And, and you know, I'm, I was just listening to what you had to say about the secondary and everything else. I, I've actually thought that for a couple years now. And you got a similar situation in Arizona with probably one of the top five safeties in the league with Buda Baker. And where he's not happy in Arizona, I mean, why? if you do end up trading uh, – if you do end up trading Jonathan Taylor, it, it would make all the sense to me in the world to, for for even if Jonathan Taylor's he- healthy and everything, a running back shelf life's not all that great. Whereas a safety usually lasts between six to twelve years. You would solidify your your secondary with somebody like Buda Baker, who fans would love here, like they did Bob Sanders, because he's almost the exact same player. And then Arizona would love to have Jonathan Taylor in the backfield behind Tyler Murray. It, that just seems like a no sense, like a like a very sensible trade to me. Well, I, I don't. I here's, here's what I, I don't know, and that's the first time anybody has ever mentioned. Um, the possibility, and I'm, I'm always talking about if they end up going against what Jim Irsay had said and they end up do putting him on the market, and they're going to get low ball like hell. So you're considering a disgruntled player for a disgruntled player in this case. I have not been following the Cardinals. I don't know how disgruntled Buda Baker is. Is it in similar fashion as we see with Jonathan Taylor here? It, I, I, a couple weeks before this happened, Jonathan Taylor, there were a bunch of headlines about him being unhappy there and, and everything. Real similar, yes. And I, unless if something's changed, you know, I I don't think it has. And to, to me, it's just with the safety, you get so much more of a shelf life than you do a running back. You, you know, I... I, I didn't know. I just, you mentioned I, I have the not, I've not heard the scenario, too. And, Eric, thank you for the call. I've not heard the scenario of, you know, disgruntled player for disgruntled player. I've just always been under the assumption, well, first, is that, that Jim Irsay and they follow his word and don't trade Jonathan Taylor. But at some point, if there is just no resolution on any level to this, you absolutely have to reconsider. And my consideration for this all along has been how incredibly low-balled they're going to be by everybody. And I just can't get past the fact that you are going to be depressed about their return. If they do, do decide to change course and trade him, they're going to be depressed about that return because it is not going to be what some think it is. Now, I've never considered disgruntled dude for disgruntled dude. But in this case, I just think that if they do reconsider, uh, you're going to be highly disappointed in the outcome. 
of what you're going to end up getting for their disgruntled player in that reconsideration. Free stage, Indiana State Fair. Rob Bass coming at you later on tonight. I'm Rob Bass, and I came to get down. And almost the anniversary. Yesterday, It Takes Two was released 35 years yesterday. Uh, The iconic hip-hop album that went platinum, It Takes Two, was released. Rob Bass on stage coming up later on tonight. The free stage at the Indiana State Fair. It has been awesome. I've seen so many people out here so far with great food, and it is endless. Food and beverage, endless out here. So join us in a great day, too. Not too hot. Nice breeze coming up, too. You guys will enjoy it on a Thursday. Indiana State Fair with Rob Bass later on tonight. Tomorrow's show's on the road. I'll tell you all about that. Our Harris Hoosier Park race of the day coming straight at you. Somebody's going to win 50-50 in betting and dining from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. And Luke Bryan tickets also on the way, along with Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. Anthony Richardson named the starter preseason game one Saturday. Again, 1 o'clock is that kick from Buffalo. Buffalo, 10 a.m. Your Colts pregame huddle coverage begins with me, former Colts wide receiver Bill Brooks, and the Goreman. That is coming up on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Back with you live at the State Fair and your calls and more next and your chance to win, too. It's 93.5107 by the fan. The Ride with JMV. Well, not really. I felt it on my leg. Come on, I don't want to see it. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. There it is. A little sound check going on right there. I'm Rob Bass, and I came. You know, he liked the Whopper better than the Big Mac. You hear that right here? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're doing the sound check over there, and I'm just previewing it right here. So that's what's happening. Indiana State Fair, Hoosier Lottery free stage tonight. Rob Bass is going to be there. I believe that's underway around 7. So they're doing a sound check right now. You guys come out, join us, hang out, eat some food, and then go check out Rob Bass later on tonight. (laughs) I love this. Indiana State Fair is our location. Ian Eagle was really good a little bit earlier from CBS, of course. He got the Jets in Carolina coming up this weekend. Uh, we talked about the Colts situation, the rest of the NFL. What we thought what we thought was going to be a circus with the Jets, and Aaron Rodgers there has been uh, nothing but smooth sailing, even with the Jets being a part of Hard Knocks. And I did not see the first episode of Hard Knocks. I, I guess I don't really know it, how it compares. It's weird, right? Because I wasn't the biggest fan of it. And then when the Colts did it in season, I still wasn't a big fan of it, but I can't lie. I did dig whenever they took bits and pieces of this show and then played it. Remember, they they played a little bit of this show when Carson Wentz was coming into the facility out there and having to go through his entire COVID test situation and all that. So I, I did like that portion of it. But historically speaking, I'm not the biggest fan of Hard Knocks, but of course it was the debut episode of Hard Knocks on Tuesday night I think on HBO with the New York Jets, but it hasn't even been close 
to the type of circus we're asking, talking about around here, bringing up every day. And if you missed it today, Anthony Richardson named the starting quarterback that preseason game number one in Buffalo on Saturday. And Jonathan Taylor, when asked about that, Jonathan Taylor's expected back on site next week. So I'm assuming when I'm up there for the night practice, he's just going to swing by and talk to me, right? Probably. But no, Jonathan Taylor is back coming up. That is next week, but they don't know if he's going to practice. So we shall see. Quick break and we'll come back. Mike Chappell's going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. Rob Bass tonight, free stage, Indiana State Fair, 93.5, The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right. So I just asked this question. And I'm, sometimes I'll leave it up to you. So the ABC Rockers just came over here. A local hip-hop group. Long time around Indy. Anybody out there listening right now? have any background on them to share with me because I want to bring them on here and give them a little bit of love here before the end of the show. Um, that's the ABC Rockers. They're all geared up and ready to go, too. I'm thinking, man, I'm underdressed. They rolled over here. But the ABC Rockers, who are going to be on stage before Rob Bass, if anybody has any info about them, let me know. I'm be well-versed about that. They're going to slide over here before the end of the show. Hopefully we get Rob Bass over here as well before the end of the show. The free stage tonight is Rob Bass at the Indiana State Fair. Thank you for joining us. Ian Eagle a little bit earlier, the podcast from one of the voices of CBS and the NFL on CBS, and certainly now the new voice of the Final Four was just with us, and he was outstanding per usual. 107.5, thefan.com for that podcast. Tomorrow, Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino and Anderson. The Dan Patch Stakes officially underway. We'll talk that up. And I love to see everybody in and around Madison County join us up at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino and Anderson. That is tomorrow. We got the race of the day coming at you here later on this hour. And Luke Bryan tickets to give away. You can listen to win. But again, yeah, give me a little break if you wouldn't mind on the ABC Rockers, who I want to get to join me coming up before the top of the hour. And hopefully Rob Bass gets over here too. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Pipeline from CBS and Fox 59. Mike Chappell joins us. Hello, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you? Um, interesting, I guess. Um, is this how you thought it was going to go down? I think we've been on the same page regarding Anthony Richardson the entirety of the time. You think this is how it's going to go down? And is this at all a precursor to you believing that once the regular season gets here as well, that's going to be the same result? He's going to get the starting nod? I, th- I think so. And, and, and what Shane Steichen said today, sort of, is that they need they did this because they need to know. Yes. He said he wants to see where he's at. And the only way you do is take the next step, and, and that's a preseason game. And, you know, he'll see more next week when the Bears come in for joint work and then Philly. Because, again, we keep going back. This guy played 13 games in college. He threw less than 400 passes. So much of what everything he sees now is new certainly at this level. So you have to see where he's at. We've seen what we've seen in, in, in these, what is it, nine or ten practices. And you see good, you see bad. But it's still so controlled. Well, starting Saturday, it's not controlled. They're not going to be out there 
stopping plays and wearing red jerseys and all that stuff. It, it's you know live action, and you have you have to see where he's at. And the only way to do that's for the kid to play. And like I've said all along, and I still believe it, he has to prove he's not ready. And the only way to do that, whether it's to him or the or the team, is to get out there and either either it's not too big for him, or it is too big for him. And the only way you know that is to get out there. How much time do you think he gets? Oh, probably. You know, I always talk quarters. Probably like twenty plays. I look more into plays than I do series or quarters. You'd like you'd like to get him a good work. And the question is, does as long as he's out there, is the first unit offense out there, the offensive line? Maybe uh, he, he's played a lot with the, with the second group. And keep in mind that Buffalo is going to be going with a lot of their number two guys too. So it's not like he's going to be going against their number one defense for for the whole time. But you know, and, and again, he needs to play. And then Minshew comes in, and then after about middle of the second quarter, you're going to see a bunch of guys that you don't know a lot about. Some of them will be here in September. Some of them won't be, but that's what these three preseason games are all about. To Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Mike, I brought this up. By the way, there's a uh, Rob Bass sound check going on in the background right here, so you know, here at the Indiana State Fair. So don't have that take you off guard. There's just a little bit of a sound check going on. Got to make sure everything sounds good here at the Indiana State Fair. But when I heard Anthony Richardson, when asked by you guys earlier today about what's most important to him, what he wants to see from himself, he talked about that consistency. And I like that. I mean, I like that a great deal. Um, you know, granted, that's the big question mark out there is consistency, you know, ball placement consistency, because as you guys have well documented, he's certainly been all over the place, and that's expected. But consistency is what he is looking for for with that in mind what do you expect the play calls to look like to try to build that consistency to build that trust and that confidence in their young quarterback you would think the short game which would go hand in hand with with kind of keeping the pass rush off of him they need to take a couple of shots because that's going to be their offense and he'll run a few times but in the passing game certainly the first game make it easy look for the you know dump offs of the running backs and, and I'd say tight ends but gosh all the tight ends are hurt but you know Josh Downs and McKenzie and, and the shorter stuff I think I, I, I just it's 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 always vanilla in preseason anyway this is a little different because you need you need to see you need you need to not only see but you need to continue to grow have helped him grow which you do by opening things up but we're not going to see near what what he can do. What I'm interested in again, he's been up and down. He was five to twelve today, and eleven on eleven. That's not good enough at all. But what you, what we haven't seen because of the way camp is, is you really haven't seen how he he, he can impact an offense with, with, with his threat of a run, with getting on the edge. Because you know the, the, he's wearing a red jersey. That they, they they can't hit him. So you really can't tell is did he really just gain 15 yards there, or you know, with the defensive end of, of Crunchton. So you don't know. Again, the, the preseason gives you an idea, but when you talk consistency, Gardner Minshew's been consistent. But that, but see, that's part of the problem. Is is I think his his ceiling is is so much lower than than what Richardson is, and he's uh, Rick Venturi called him a singles hitter. 
to where you kind of know what you're going to get, and you're not going to get too many big plays, but you're not going to get too many bad plays. And, and Richardson is going to give you the chance of the really big plays, the electric plays, and the big gains. But then you have to make sure you don't put the ball at risk. That's one of the things Steichen said today. Is I want him to be out there and you know take care of the ball and play safe and all that. But you have to open it up to some degree to see what you got. Uh, maybe again, it makes more sense to do that in the second pre or next week when the Bears come to town. But you, you, you got to see what you've got, you, you, and the only way to do that is to, to expose him to things, which includes a defense that knows he's not wearing a red jersey. So this this will be a really really good step in Richardson's process. So Mike Chappell's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You know, it's something I thought about uh, almost to the day a year ago. The Colts go up to Buffalo, and the reason why I bring this up is because Rick Venturi and I were texting back and forth, and you know his philosophy is, and he's absolutely right that the scoreboard doesn't matter but it's critical that you perform and that's what you're looking for in these preseason games and if we remember you go back nearly a year in Buffalo and the offensive line took an absolute beating and we all after the game said yeah you know it's just a preseason doesn't matter and that basically set the course for that offensive line looking very similar the entirety of the year so we took that away from that preseason game a year ago what are the other takeaways you're looking for coming up on on Saturday in Buffalo. Well, that again, that again, uh, you know, this offensive line again has taken all the snaps until today when Braden Smith was out with a knee injury, a knee issue, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they had taken the same guys had taken all the snaps with the first unit. Well, that's fine, but the same group did last year too. And like you said, we saw how that thing played out. So the hardest, I think the hardest thing to judge in training camp is offensive line, defensive line, because you, you just don't have the, the, the full speed and you're going against the same people and all that. This is really a good test. I remember several years ago when Andrew Luckin, they played up in Buffalo, and they held him out. He didn't play that game because they were concerned with the pass rush. So I really want to see how the offensive line plays and can they keep the rush off of the quarterback and can they give whoever runs the ball, goodness knows who's going to run the ball, give them, give them a chance. Uh, but that, that's that and the, the corners. I, I need to see how the corners play because you talk about a young group of corners. It, it's yeah. a veteran group of offensive linemen and a bunch of corners that, that the average fan doesn't know who they are. What's funny about this entire thing, Mike, is uh, both incredibly important storylines that have all been basically covered up because of the Jonathan Taylor stuff right. so far during this training camp. I, I, I agree with you, too. Uh, it is it is a leap of faith, is it not, regarding the Colts with this offensive line, hoping that a change in position coach and just a new season with what they believe is going to be a starting quarterback with more athleticism is going to transform this offensive line because it looked broken, battered, and done a year ago, Mike. Yeah, and we've talked. I mean, they've told us what they thought by the only real, the only change was the position coach. Yeah, and they, and they and they bring in new guys at the top, and the same the same guys who finished the season last year starters are back this year, and. My big concern, even if these guys raise their games two, level, two levels from last year, which would be, you know, nice, 
but the, the depth, you really worry about the depth, and it, it reared its head today again with Braden Smith out and, and Blake Freeland, the, the, the fourth-round draft pick is out there. And and then you're one then you're one injury away from then what do you do so it's 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 this is so foreign to how Chris Ballard ha- has handled the offensive line to where I remember back when well you need eight or nine guys who they consider starter quality because injuries happen and all this and you know it, it, some of the guys didn't work out in the past the Sam Tevies and Matt Pryors and all those guys, but they had played and, and they had starter experience and that's not the case now. They've really got some unproven guys and that's and, and, and then, then you've got the running back situation where, where Taylor is still somewhere, but not here. And, you know, his, his backups, Zach Moss and Deion Jackson are out and you bring in Kenyon Drake, and he limped off the field today. So it's it's just not the greatest. I, I realize we've got time to go for the regular season. There is. And some of these guys will get healthy. And maybe Taylor comes back. I don't know. But it's, it's not ideal the way you're trying to, to surround this quarterback, this rookie quarterback, with 13 starts under his belt to give him the best chance to succeed. It, it, it's not ideal. Uh, and, and, again, like I say, they're, they're like one injury on the offensive line from being in real distress. And and that maybe that's Braden Smith. We don't know what the injury is. And, you know, Shane Steichen didn't really – I think he said he's not going to be out long or whatever. I can't remember the exact terminology. But if they lose anybody else on that offensive line, you know, Danny Pinter's got some, some, some experience and he didn't play well last year. Uh, if your left tackle goes down, it's it's just not a good situation. And it's, again, like I said, it's very unusual that they've done this because they they've normally done just the opposite with the number of of I won't say proven, but experienced bodies on the offensive line. Yeah, it is um, it is kind of crazy with that in mind. And, and Mike Chapel joins us. I want to get back to yesterday. Um, you privy at all to the type of – it was reported that, that Kareem Hunt did get an offer from the Colts. They did not come together on a deal. Thus, he left town yesterday without one. And I always kind of considered just his representation kind of playing off of the Colts to get more money out of Probably. New Orleans. But did, did you – was there a – from what you heard, a legitimate offer on the table? I had heard something, you know, in excess of close to – to a mill, which kind of shocked me at that number, so I didn't know whether or not to believe it, but did you hear as well there was a legitimate offer from the Colts for Kareem Hunt on the table? No, I didn't, and if it was a mill, that's not a legitimate offer, because that's basically the veterans minimum. Kenyon Drake yeah. got a million, so no, that, I think that's, that's like, what I think, so I think that's what it was. Well, legitimate in terms of them actually offering it, I guess. Not, well, not in it, terms of how much you would be getting. I haven't heard that. I mean, the, the people again. I always, whenever, whenever I see reports, I consider the source and sure. the people that reported that know what they're doing, so I trust them. But it, you know, it, it's, I kind of wonder why you bring him in with the risk reward and, and whatever PR hit you might take because of his a few instances in his past. And if that's the offer you're going to make, why did, why would you bother? Because he, he's going, he's going to try to get the. He's not going where there's the best chance to win. He's going where the most money is. 
Um, so, yeah, I, it, it, and again, people say, well, that, that just shows you they're trying to put the screws to Jonathan Taylor. Well, not if it was a, it was a million-dollar contract offer you or not. Now, when they bring in Dalvin Cook for a look-see, then they're trying to put the screws to Jonathan Taylor, which isn't going to happen. But uh, right now, they're, and again, they don't sign him, so they sign – uh, was it Huntley, Joshua, I, 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 Jason, Jason yes. Huntley, yes. Who, who's played very little. So right now they're trying to find healthy running backs. But that was just, it was just a strange, I hate to use the word courtship, but I mean, they did have an offer. They brought him, or they, an interest, they brought him in here. But if that was your, if that was your interest level, I'm not really sure why you would have messed with it. I, um, I have no idea why they would have messed with it. I mean, zero. Um, well, because the, the, of, well the, I mean, the, clearly they just needed bodies. And, well, but he's not, he's not just a body. And, and he, that's he, what I'm saying is, and the, then the, you, you talk about the, the hit that you get from a, a fan base that's, you know, already, you know, down on how this thing is going right now. That's just another in the long line. I just I didn't get at all why you would even consider Kareem Hunt here. Well, and again, ESPN reported, I'm assuming it came from the agent because that's where, you know, yes. it either comes from the agent or Chris Ballard, and Chris Ballard ain't talking, to where he was, he was, he had a really good workout with the Saints and, you know, well, but the Colts contacted and offered him more or whatever, which I don't know how the Colts knew what the Saints offered him, but that certainly wasn't the case. And again, if it was just a million, it, it's from the outside looking in, that's not a strong offer for, for a guy with his pedigree but baggage both I guess and I, I would think he, he will get something more somewhere else so you know I, I think they'll try to find a running back one with experience you know that knows what's going on because you don't know about Jonathan Taylor you don't know about Zach Moss how long he's going to be out and I think they said I think they said Deion Jackson got a quad I think it is so they're really thin uh, at running back in these preseason games, which is a, which is a, a problem because normally in the second half of these games, you're working the clock and you're and you're and you're running the ball. So it, it's we all just want, and I'm sure not any more than the team does. They we want resolution on the Jonathan Taylor situation. I don't know where it goes. Steichen said today that. He, Kevin asked him, Kevin Bowen asked him, that, uh, do you expect him back? Are he expects him back next week? Do you expect him to practice? Well, you know, we, we want the sooner we're getting back, the better. We're interested in getting back and getting him on the field. But there's no there's no indications that that's anytime soon. But at some point, somebody has to take some step. And I don't mean stepping away from the team to rehab, which is crazy in my mind. But at some point, he either has to play or not play. And uh, in a week or two, that the team has to know what's going on with him one way or the other. To Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline. So where do you side on this? Is the, the injury, uh, the ankle still a situation for him that he is uh, off-site rehabbing? Or is this more a playbook play from his representation in hopes <laughs> to – you know, making sure that he gets paid while not playing here, because I think it's well, the latter. Well, I, that, when, and that, that, that's what—that's how you kind of read it. I remember I asked Shane Steichen last week when he when he talked at length, I guess, for him about Taylor, and you know, I said, "Is this—is he rehabbing the same injury that he had last year, where he had the surgery?" He said, "Yeah, he's got the ankle." 
So that didn't move the needle. And, you know, everyone's reported that the, the surgery he had, which was needed, normally has a two- to four-week rehab time. Well, we're, so, we're seven months into that. Yeah. So, you know, did, 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 he, did he injure? Did he aggravate it? Did the surgery not work? Is, is this a new injury? If it's a new injury, or if he aggravated it, he probably did that away from the team. Because he's done, he's, to my knowledge, he's done, you know, he, he's not been on the field here. I guess you could have tweaked it, working, you know, rehabbing here. But it's just, it's just, I can't remember. I, I was talking with Kevin Bowen today. I can't remember a time that a player, certainly a high-end player, rehabbing has done that away from the team. Now, maybe I'm just forgetting somebody, but if that's not a slap in the face, your medical and rehab staff, I don't know what is. You know, I, I don't trust you guys. I'm going elsewhere. Well, how else do you read it? And I'm guessing the team could have could have pushed back and said, no, you're rehabbing here. They didn't. Yeah. So and, until we talk to Jonathan Taylor and, and he can clear up all these things, he can say, no, you guys have got wrong information. You've done this. Well, then, then tell us what's going on. Because failing that, we're getting the team's point of view. We're getting his point of view from his agent but the, the best source is the player he can tell you what's going on yeah this is the same injury it just hasn't gotten better it's nagging but until we talk to him we don't know yeah I, that, that's where i am with this I, I mean especially with you know all the dialogue that has gone back and forth just seems like the Colts side they've been playing some cards and then you know you'll get, you'll get a counter you know from the agent or even Jonathan Taylor himself via Twitter and I just think you know especially after that non-football related injury situation it just kind of sounds like this is the next play out of the playbook of making sure that your client is protected and gets his money even if he doesn't play because clearly right now it doesn't look like he wants to yeah, it's, it's funny. I remember about two weeks ago when all the national stuff came up about the devaluation of running backs and what are their options and all this. And he, he's either still the NFLPA president or was J.C. Kretter of, of Cleveland. And he's advised that, you know, he, he sort of hinted at you need to fake injuries, which is really strange to hear from perhaps the former, again, I don't know his status now, but from, from, let's say the former head of the NFLPA players, you know, group. And that, that's, that's, that's what's so hard to figure is, let's say the, te- the Colts come in here Monday or Tuesday when they, when they go back to the practice, and they say, we believe you are ready to practice. And Jonathan Taylor says, no, I'm not. Well, then again, then, then I assume you, 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 maybe they put him on a list of non-football injury or you know, uh, uh, conduct detrimental to the team, and then there's a grievance, and then the union gets involved, and that's what you don't want, because then it really gets toxic. You know, we're not quite there yet, but we're not far from there. I just, it, it's just hard to know where this goes until Taylor either practices and you know, by, you know, sucks it up and practices, and then worries about next year, next year, or the team does something. And to me, the only way the team does something is if they believe he's ready to practice and he refuses. And, and then you get outside parties involved, and then it really, really gets toxic and nasty. To Mike Chapel with us, uh, this is something I just saw. I, I saw it down near me today, down in Greenwood at the Die Course down on 135, that uh, Bailey Wood, which is a mortgage company, had a uh, – 
uh, golf outing well, with Wish TV Channel 8, and Jeff Saturday was there because he's a spokesperson oh. for this particular company. And it was like the first time that you'd heard anything. I think it was AC that actually had talked to him and asked him. And, and of course, Jeff Saturday, as Jeff Saturday normally does, is saying all the right things. I'm still really pulling for, you know, the Colts and was talking about Anthony Richardson. But you think we're ever going to know from Jeff all that went down there? And I guess his side of this story, or is this always just going to be an unknown and just go away? It'll probably be an unknown and go away because I think he he still he, he wants to be very involved with the team. I don't know if he'll ever be back to where he's a, you know, an outside observer, consultant for the owner. But I think he's still held in high esteem here by the by the owner and by folks in the front office. Not I shouldn't say front office, per se, in people that surround him. But I just don't know that it served is going to serve just Saturday's purpose to really go into detail what went on. I saw where Matt Ryan mentioned that it was a a blank show for 18 months, a complete you know blank show. Yeah, I thought. All he really did is give you a headline. He didn't give you any details. He could he could sort of give you a lot of what went on, which, but but I just I just don't know that it serves those people well, you know, yeah. to, to do that, and certainly not just Saturday, because for, for him to really say what all went on, he would have to take some of the blame for it, and you know, he he, he was knee deep in that all of that stuff that went on, and I just don't think it serves anybody's purpose to do that it just doesn't was there ever any thought uh, i mean I, I guess maybe he wouldn't want to but you know clearly he's not at espn right now and he was uh you know being compensated as a consultant here before he ultimately took over as the interim head coach last year uh, with that decision being made by jim ursay is there, you think there's ever any thought of bringing him back in that capacity or is it absolutely done and it's just jeff saturday as the former player that is going to be embraced by this fan base well, never say never. Uh, I, I just think that <laughs> I think there are forces with the team that would really push back if the owner wanted that. You know, I, I don't know that Chris Ballard would want to do that. And, and I, I'm not sure how involved Chris was Yeah, with, with the, initially. I think this was really the owner and just Saturday. You've got a new line coach, a new assistant coach. Let, let those guys do their job. And if it goes in the dumpster again, then maybe. But no, I just I think that was. I, I don't see how that would work going forward. It had to be extremely awkward when Chris Ballard interviewed Jeff Saturday for the job, for, 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 for the for the opening in the yeah, office. Because he didn't so, want him. <laughs> he didn't want him. I, yeah. I just, uh, that, that's why I just I don't think that would work, and I, I just don't think the owner would do that again. <laughs> Love to have a seat in that room. Yeah, well, you know what? You said something smart a moment ago, never say never, and we have come to certainly understand that here. Regardless of some of the more outrageous things of all time, we've been there and we have done that, you know, around here. But you so. know what? Keep, keep, keep in mind that, that, that the Colts host, host the Chicago Bears – in the yeah. next to the last preseason game, yes. What could happen on a next to the last preseason game with the Bears in town? You know? Oh, nothing. I mean, <laughs> no, nothing whatsoever. <laughs> nothing good. <laughs> I still laugh that, from what you hear, that the, the Colts are trying to keep that 
under wraps for the weekend. They were trying yeah. to get through the weekend, right? Yeah, and, and we, 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 I've had talks with people about how Shepard got that, whether it was somebody in Luck's camp or did, did the fact that Luck – you know, sent in his retirement papers to the league, so the league had it, and then yeah. it got to Schefter. That's, I think there's a, some truth in that. I just can't imagine anybody in Luck's camp letting that out because now he had told what he had told <laughs> T.Y., he had told Jack Doyle and a few other players, and I'm sure those players kept it to themselves. I really yeah. believe that, so I think it came from the league, but I've got no proof. Uh, Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and 559. Again, Anthony Richardson gets the start. Preseason game one in Buffalo on Saturday. Me, Bill Brooks, and the Gourmet have your pregame coverage right here. Begins at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. And Mike, via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk next week and see where, as the world turns, might be regarding Jonathan Taylor. Can't you, wait. You, you'll be up, you'll be up in, in uh, Westfield next week? Yeah, you're going to join me up there. Exactly. Yes, that is next Looking week, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder, hey, now if Jonathan Taylor is back, um, maybe he comes over and talks with me, right? What do you think? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep, 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 keep the seat warm. I like, I like to make things as awkward as hell, so I can do that at the very least. And, and, Why and not? You throw, you throw softballs at him. Yeah, can you imagine? He'll, he'll look as happy as Chris Ballard did at the Combine for sitting down with me. So remember how happy he looked? He thought, man, is there any place else I'd rather be than sitting next to this clown? Well, Seriously. I've never. The worst time I saw him it was during just Saturday's intro press conference. That, that was not pleasant. <laughs> and I'm, I'm convinced the reason it was 20 minutes late is they had to drag Chris in there, kicking and screaming because it, that was not yeah. a good intro press conference by any no stretch. Doubt. No doubt. All right, buddy. I appreciate that. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later. Next week. It's uh, Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline right there. State Fair, Rob Base later on tonight. You can check it out on the free stage here. You can join me here as well. We've got our Harris Hoosier Park race of the day coming up. 50-50 in betting and dining at Harris Hoosier Park up for grabs. And we've got Luke Bryan tickets to give away as well. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Indiana State Fair on a Thursday. Rob Base, a free show later on tonight at the State Fair with 93.5 and 106. The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Collect them, trade them, or just enjoy them. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I'm sitting here with Karen Vaughn. She's my hero, and she knows it. She knows it. WTLC is right next to me. I'm a huge fan of the Friday Night Jump Off, and a shout-out to Kenny Kicks and DJ King. Always been one of my favorites long before we all came together. Hey, by the way, we're back with Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan's coming to Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. Number nine at 239-1070 can go see Luke Bryan on us. Again, number nine at 239-1070. That is Luke Bryan coming to the Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. Number nine at 239-1070. We're live at the State Fair. You know, we're out here, and I mentioned TLC is out here with us as well. Uh, The Hoosier Lottery Free Stage has Rob Bass coming at you, and I was just talking to legendary DJ Gino, who puts a lot of this stuff together. I mean, hell, literally all this stuff together, a lot of this stuff together, and he was telling me maybe Rob Bass on stage around 8, something like that tonight, but you got the ABC Rockers here from Indy that are going to be opening up as well. It is going to 
to be a party out here. And uh, think about this in terms of talking to Ian Eagle a little bit earlier, uh, because he grew up in New York City, and he grew up, it was local when hip-hop, um, was formed uh, for him. It was like local, and then it, you know, expanded into a national thing, and then ultimately it went global. And we are celebrating 50 years of hip hop, and it is extra special to have Rob Bass out here because 50 years of hip hop, but 35 years yesterday was when the album "It's Takes Two" was released. So 35 years ago from yesterday is when that came out, and that certainly has the iconic songs, Joy and Pain, but one of the greatest hip-hop songs of all time is It Takes Two. And it's funny, I would challenge you, not now because I want you to listen to me, but the sample of that song comes from a Lynn Collins hit, from 1972 so if you get some time and you got spotify or if you want to go you know on youtube or whatever go ahead and and google or search lynn collins in 1972 i think the song is called i think is the hit but that's where the it takes two sample came from 35 years ago yesterday that album came out, multi-platinum, and Rob Bass is going to be here coming up later on tonight on this Hoosier Lottery free stage, and it should be an absolute blast. I'm telling you, State Fair, and what a day it is, too, because we're out here. There's a nice breeze going on. It is not hot and humid. It is really just right for a Thursday afternoon sun splashed in August here at the Indiana State Fair. And again, the free stage, Rob Bass coming at you, you know, later on tonight, and thanks to everybody here at the State fair for having us out thank you to uh, dj gino for always uh, being cool with us too and uh, we'll celebrate 50 years of hip-hop in style with rob bass coming up later on tonight the news of the day regarding anthony richardson being the starter in buffalo coming up on saturday we've talked about that Ian eagle nfl on cbs a little bit earlier mike chapel of cbs 4 and fox 59 we're going over the whole kareem hunt thing from yesterday whether or not he believes jonathan taylor is is still coming back from an injury, a prolonged injury situation, maybe even something new with that angle. Uh, in this case, in rehabbing off-site, or if he thinks that that's just a lot of chatter to make sure that Jonathan Taylor can get paid without playing. That's where I sit with that story right now. Today, when asked, Shane Steichen, the Colts head coach, said that he should be back on site at practice next week, but does not know when he is going to practice. So, again, that saga will no doubt continue with that in mind. Uh, No end in sight on that. And I would also tell you this. This may go down as... And I I know that there's still that that cloud of Jonathan Taylor hanging over. Can you imagine, for example, can you imagine if, if Taylor were solidly in the fold and none of this crap was going on and it was like finally business as usual and not the massive soap opera that it always is. Can you imagine how much more interest? Right now, there's still a little bit of a cloud over the top of it. But there is so much excitement and kind of wonder. And what you're going to see from Anthony Richardson. I have said this, and I don't think that it's overblown. I think that this is going to be 
if you can judge it, if you're a 59, for example, or if our guy D. Wood can judge it here at our station on the fan, I think it is going to be one of the most listened to, most viewed preseason games in the history of the Colts. Just because that alone, and the reason why I say that is because I thought the same thing about people coming out to practice at Grand Park during training camp. And as we found out, it was most the most highly anticipated training camp that we have witnessed around here. Before you said, well, wait a minute, you had Andrew Luck. Well, that's different because you, you knew what you were getting with Andrew Luck. You felt you knew what you were getting with Andrew Luck. Same thing with Peyton Manning. You knew what you were getting. You felt that you knew what you were getting with Peyton Manning and with Anthony Richardson, you hope, but literally you have absolutely no idea. You have no idea what you're going to get. You just hope for the best. And again, you know how long it's going to be, you know, not even so much about the series, not even so much about, you know, the amount of time that he's out there, but how many plays. Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming out that Anthony Richardson is going to get coming up on Saturday. But you would have to expect the viewership numbers and even with 59 going to be down because they don't have a direct TV in the fold right now uh, with that dust up that Nextstar is having with direct TV is still going to be a big number considering a one o'clock start on a Saturday. Saturday for the first preseason game in Buffalo. Be interesting to see the TV numbers and the radio numbers for that, given the interest surrounding that as well. All right, again, we're live at the Indiana State Fair. That news from earlier today got more for you to close out. Tomorrow's show is going to be at Harris Hoosier Park, racing and casino in Anderson. Dan Pat Stakes is coming up. Not only is that going to happen, and I'll be up there for it, but I'm going to get in a race myself up there and for the win there will be money dedicated to our friends at teacher's treasures so margaret and the gang at teacher's treasures going to get yet another donation me as a part of the dan patch sweepstakes or dan patch stakes if you will coming up tomorrow that's harris hoosier park racing and casino up in anderson we begin at three so madison county anderson uh pendleton anywhere around the area lapel you got a minute or two join us up alexandria i've been there Got a minute or two to come out and hang out with us. We'd love to see you. Harris Hoosier Park Racing at Casino in Anderson. That is coming up tomorrow. Meantime, the Harris Hoosier Park race of the day on the other side. I think the horses have been given out. 50-50 in betting and dining from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. And believe me, you'll love it. 50-50 betting and dining up for grabs coming up next. It's the Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. We're live from the State Fair. Free stage. Rob Bass later on tonight should be an absolute blast on a Thursday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Ahoy, Paloy. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back here. The Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day. I'm going to get Karen Vaughn hooked up here. <laughs> hey, the winner was David Hubble. 
Million Dollar Dream was the winning horse that paid out thirteen forty two dollar bet. The two dollar exacta was a fifty one dollar pay. Fifty cent trifecta went for forty eight twenty five. That is your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Keep in mind, I'll be up there tomorrow for the legendary Dan Patch Stakes beginning at three o'clock. And Harris Hoosier Park is live standard bred racing through December the eighth. Keep tuning in to the ride here and Twitter at JMV ten seventy for your chance to win. That is the Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Free stage tonight. Rob Bass comes at you. I believe that Gino said around 8 o'clock or so, but I yeah. think uh, the uh, ABC Rockers and others will lead us in. The the legendary in her own right, Karen Vaughn, is here with me right now. You know how honored I am to have you on my I'm, radio show? I'm honored to be on your oh, radio show. Oh, my goodness. OMG. It is so <laughs> awesome to have you here. WTLC, how many years have you anchored basically everything that TLC has ever done? I've been a long-time listener, <laughs> and since I've been a long-time listener, you've been there. I've been back and forth three times. For some reason, mm-hmm. I keep coming back, right? <laughs> because they need you. Yeah, yeah right. why they need so, you. So, uh, let's see, I started 2001. Wow. And I left, and then I came back in 2011, and then I left, and I came back in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> but you're back? But I'm back, and I'm, I'm at the State Fair on $3 Thursday. Can you believe that? $3 oh. Thursday. And I see you they have Ben's um, yeah, well, pretzels here if you're and watching, And people inside the lounge via YouTube Live, you're looking at Karen right here. I'm hesitant about eating this in front of people because they do weird stuff with the pictures of me. <laughs> oh, no. No memes so, here. Yeah, we don't, oh, no, no, no. No, no like JMP. Meme city no, right here. No. So what's been going on with you over there at TLC today? Listen, we're having a good time. We're getting ready for the show. But yeah. I really wanted to come on $3 Thursday and kind of take in all the food. Right. So I kind of did my own taste test of 1 to 10. Tried a couple of things from the sweet tea. Yeah. I had a couple of lemon shakes. Those are really good. I had flash fried Brussels sprouts. Whoa. Uh, Wait a minute. That's healthy. It was good, though. <laughs> it was really, really it. good. And vegan mac and cheese. I wasn't expecting it. It was amazing. And it had this uh, yeah. uh, uh, vinaigrette drizzle, balsamic vinaigrette drizzle on top. It was good. It was tasty. I enjoyed it. I like that. Yeah, they yeah. always take it to new heights around here, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. That's what. That's why you have to come every year to the State Fair to see what's new, to see what's going on. $3 Thursday here at the State Fair. Rob Bass uh, comes at you later on this evening. 50 years of hip-hop has you know certainly been all this summer as well. Mm-hmm. What's Rob Bass in 35 years ago yesterday? Yeah. It Takes Two came out. Uh, platinum, and obviously it's one of the greatest all-time hip-hop songs uh, mm-hmm. in terms of classic-wise. Absolutely. Uh, what's that mean to you? What's Rob Bass mean to you in growing up and loving music as you did? You know, just just being a hip-hop lover, you know, from the beginning, yeah. right? I remember hearing Rob Bass's It Takes Two on the television. It was in the Burger King commercial. Yes. And at that point, I said, whoa. Well, that's why I didn't the like music- the Big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, OMG, like it's the first time I really heard a hip hop song like in yeah. a commercial on TV and I just felt like it was speaking to me and that my culture had arrived, right? Yeah, I felt like they got us. They got Gen X. They got us, right? Yeah. So um, I, I just think that his contribution has been monumental and for yes. him to share that moment of 50 years of hip hop here in, in Indiana at the, at the State Fair is amazing. It is too and especially with that particular album. I was telling a story mm-hmm. had Ian Eagle of CBS on earlier and he grew up in New York City 
and actually grew up when hip-hop was at its infancy mm-hmm. and was local back then. And uh, it's just amazing what it has, has grown into. I remember my first Fresh Fest in 1987 in Market Square Arena, and it was LL Cool J, it was Houdini. Eric B. and Rakim and Houdini, uh-huh. Public Enemy, uh-huh. Dougie Fresh and the Get, Get Fresh crew. Yes. And it just opened up my eyes to, and being in southern Indiana and rural area, you didn't, you had to work to get it. Like, I was introduced to it by Crush Groove, mm-hmm. but you had to work to get to it right there. And it was so awesome to be a part of that experience, and it holds true now 50 years later. Absolutely. Crush Groove is like one of my favorite movies. Well, it, yeah. it just... Just again, just to see mm-hmm. um, what I'm seeing in my in my neighborhood and in my city, and yeah. just seeing that on the big screen was pretty huge. And they were, you know, superstars in their in their own yeah. right. You know, yeah. Run DMC, LL Cool J, the Fat Boys, Beastie Boys, the Beastie Boys. Yeah. A new addition was in that Gat movie. Band with Love Triangle was in there too. One of yes. their one of their best songs. Yes, okay, yes. So. so, so yeah, in the Fresh Fest, I just remember oh. um, holding up Grandmaster D, who was a dear friend in the air while he was spinning. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, great moments, great, great moments of hip hop. Oh man, that is. It's going to be great here tonight. What do you yes. got? What do you got coming up too? I know you got the show coming up tomorrow. Got a great weekend coming up. What's on the agenda, at TLC? We're actually celebrating 50 years of hip hop this weekend, all weekend long. So you know, definitely check that out. And we're getting ready for uh, the Brickyard this weekend. Yep. Wrapping up the State Fair with CC Winings. It's just so much to do. I keep telling people there's so much to do it to do in Indianapolis. You got to come and visit. There, there absolutely is too. But uh, no, that's that's great stuff. And by the way, too, I, I mentioned this off the air uh, and I mentioned this to Kenny Kicks and DJ King before. <laughs> At some point, one of my favorite shows of all time is the Jump Off on Friday night mm-hmm. on TLC. And at some point, I want to come in there after this show and host that. Would you have a problem? There's a, a bit of a buffer between D.L. Hughley and me, right? So I can get over there and do it. Would you have a problem with that? Would no you trust problem me? at all. You're more than invited. Oh, Karen Come Vaughan. on, cousin JMV. <laughs> come on over. Karen Vaughn. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, from WTLC, $3 Thursday. And on the free stage, it is Rob Bass later on this evening. Thank you for joining You're me. You're welcome. The awesome Karen Vaughn with me right here. You can check her out on uh, 106.7 WTLC in the middays and basically all the time. She's <laughs> coming and going all the time right there. Thank you, Karen. You're welcome. All right. James, thank you very much, too. Ian Eagle of CBS, Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino at 3 tomorrow. I'll see you there for the Dan Pat Stakes. That's going to be exciting, too. Thank you all. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Have a great night. Join us out here at the State Fair.